Hey everybody, welcome to season two of What Have We Been Watching, the movie podcast where we deep dive into your favorite topics each episode and then rank them. After a lengthy hiatus, we are back due to the restrictions and lockdown in New South Wales, down here in Australia. We have not been able to record, we haven't seen each other in person for a few months, but it is a perfect time to restart the podcast. It is blockbuster season. The end of the year is stacked full of movies and we've got a lot of topics to discuss and movies to talk about and review for the rest of 2021 leading into the new year. Joining me as always, my co-host, Noel Letter. Noel Letter, man, how are you? What have you been up to in lockdown and have you missed? What have we been watching? I'm good. I'm good. It's very good to be back. Um, I have really missed this. I've missed being able to talk to someone about all my movie things that I've been watching. Um, The last three months have been um, pretty weird and difficult i mean it's been hard being in lockdown and seeing all these new releases getting like put out overseas and and knowing that we're missing out on them and it's just devastating a bunch of stuff getting delayed as well yeah. like dude and no time to die we're gonna get there eventually with those movies but yeah it's been a bit of a rough period you've been streaming anything you've been watching anything you've had a lot of free time um yeah i have had a lot of free time unlike you i've been stuck at home not working so it's been um I, honestly, I can't even remember what I've been watching. It's been a, kind of a bit of a blur. I know I've been watching a lot of RuPaul and Love Island kind of got me through the um, the last few months, my good old reality TV. But um, And then I guess we've had a lot of uh, releases sort of like on Amazon and, and Netflix and things like that that have been a bit fun to watch. Reality TV, only the best content for Nolwetter. Oh, no, only the best. Uh, <laughs> So, basically, you know, it's a new era of the show, Noel Letter. Season 2, we didn't think it was going to be the end of Season 1 when we did our Fast and the Furious episode, but that's the last no. episode we did. So, it is October. We are heading into that end of the year period, and at the end of the year, we'll do our top 10 movies of 2021. But in honour of Halloween and in honour of the upcoming movie that's been delayed a couple of weeks in Australia, Halloween Kills, we're going to do our top 10 horror movies today. So it's going to be very exciting. We cannot do it alone. Me and you aren't exactly experts in the world of horror. No. So I, I've been watching a lot of movies to kind of, a lot of the classics and a lot of movies I think that I should have watched before I recorded. Because, you know, I enjoy horror movies. I watch a bunch of slashes and stuff. But, you know, there was definitely some classics that, are, that were missing. There were some gaps in my knowledge that I've tried to fill over the last couple of weeks to get ready for this podcast. How have you found, uh, you know, studying for the, the horror movie podcast? Um, I also kind of tried to go back and watch a few classics i definitely didn't get around to watching as many as i wanted so i feel like if i had have watched them maybe my list might be a little bit different um but yeah i'm the same i horror is just not my expertise i haven't really ever been one to kind of get into horror movies i think i watched my first one when i was like a teenager in high school so um, I was a bit late to the game to what some other people are, but here we are. It's going to be an interesting list for sure. And because we're not experts, we brought in someone that, while he might not be an expert, he's watched a bunch of horror movies. He loves the genre, and it is your husband, yep. Mr. Aaron Mann, who's back on the show. He was here a couple of months ago before lockdown to rank the Conjuring movies. Aaron, how are you? And I know that you're also doing a bit of a special horror movie watch list over October. How about if tell the folks about that as well? But how you been? Hey, I've been good. Great, great. Fantastic to be back on the show. Um, and so happy to be on an episode that's about horror movies as opposed to just the Conjuring horror movies, which were not necessarily my favorite picks. So uh, 
I don't know if you're going to see them in my list, but you never know. You might be surprised with someone else's. Uh, lockdown's been interesting. Uh, I've had my own personal horror in that I've had to deal with nosy watching literally reality TV shows for the last three months. So that's a kind of horror for me that I've had to deal with. But you know what? There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm the final girl that's made it out at the end of the, uh, of the horror lockdown. So good to go. Yeah, as Bestie said, I'm doing my own little uh, <clears throat> Halloween challenge, I like to call it for myself. So there's 31 days in October, which means that from 1990 to this year, 2021, there's actually 31 years of horror movies. And the 90s were kind of a... It's kind of a transition year for the for the horror the horror genre. Um, so I've started, and every day I've been watching one movie from 1990 all the way up to this year of release date. So first day I watched a 1990 Halloween a horror movie. Second day I watched a 1991 movie, and so on and so forth, all up until I'm going to watch Halloween Kills maybe as my 31st of October movie this year. So that's my plan, and it's been going. Very interesting is the main way I can put that one. <laughs> well, you mentioned the fact that in the 90s, you know, horror movies weren't what they were today, and it was something like Scream and movies like that really revitalised the genre. But as someone that's done stuff like that before, not in the horror realm, but something like Disney, where me and Noletta went and watched all the movies from Snow White to Ride the Last Dragon, you can definitely see, a, like, and I'm sure you have been able to doing the list, you can definitely see the evolution and the different time periods as you kind of go through each year, I'm sure. Yeah, I think the main thing about the 90s to into the 2000s is that it was all about um, computer-generated uh, imagery and graphics. Um, and that's the main thing you're starting to see that's really changing uh, over these movies I've been going through. Most of you mentioned Scream I've watched. Um, today I watched arguably not really a horror movie, but Underworld, the uh, sort of gothic horror action movie starring Kate Beckinsale. Um, so I've, I really, these are all movies I haven't watched before um, that have just sort of been on the side burner. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting just watching how horror movies uh, transition from the start of the 90s towards the mid-2000s. Well, we're going to get into our horror list very shortly, but before we do so, it is the start of a new era for the show. We're very excited to continue the podcast for the rest of the year. If you guys haven't, please like the podcast and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like the Facebook page on What Have We Been Watching Movie Podcast, and like the Instagram page just at What Have We Been Watching. No, let's hope we can... It's not exactly about traction, but let's hope some people can enjoy these lists for the rest of the year. I'm excited as we can as we really deep, deep dive into some of these topics we've got coming up, because without telling the audience, we've kind of planned the rest of our year in topics, and there's some really fun ones coming up. Yeah, I know. Like, there's a few in here that are really up my alley so i'm a bit excited to get to those ones but just have to get through horror first just making it out like it's going to be a terrible list i mean aaron's already disrespectful su- already aaron's already survived the personal horror of you know living with you for the last three months in lockdown so i'm sure we'll be right as we get through this list all right let's get to our top 10 horror movies of all time Right, we're about to start our list and the way it works if you guys haven't listened to a show before we're going to name our 10 to 8 then our seven to five, then our four to two, and then we're gonna name our top horror movie of all time. Horror in general is a bit of a subjective topic, especially for us free, in terms we've had conversations off the podcast and not recording them about what we define to be a horror movie. And the way we've kind of come to a conclusion is that, you know, we really there's because horror goes into a bunch of subgenres, guys. And for me, I think that 
really leave it up to the person's interpretation. It's your list, so you can put what you want on there, but I feel like there's got to be some really strong horror elements before you get to a horror list. For example, I wanted to put a movie like Gone Girl on my list. I've chosen not to, because there is horror elements in that movie, but it definitely isn't a horror movie. So um, that's where we've come to. We could have some divisive opinions as we go along and some arguments, but we can just defend why we had that on our list and why it's a horror movie to us. How do you guys feel about that? Yep, yep, I'm pretty happy with that. Um... Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, and the hard thing is as well, because horror is so so broad. There are so many great movies that are going to miss out on being on on our list as well. So it's just going to be very interesting to see. We kind of talked about how we developed the list already, but for me personally, I started this list going, "Am I going to have ten quality movies?" Because mm-hmm. a lot of horror movies, in my opinion, are mediocre to bad. That's just how I feel about the genre. And again, it's not my top genre; it's not my favorite genre. But I've discovered a bunch of horror movies in the past couple of weeks that I love. There's also some old favorites that I've already seen that I love. So it actually turned into a list that I don't know how I was going to put it together to a list where there's a lot of choices, and I don't know how I'm going to get a top ten. So. Yeah. Kind of how I felt a bit, and I imagine you would be even worse with that, Aaron. Yeah, and my issue is that I'm a very big modern horror fan. Majority of my top ten would have been modern films, but I decided to sort of break that mold, and I've decided to go with a different category for all ten of my films. So before I announce my film, I'm going to give it its own category that it falls into as a unique film in my list, and then that's going to then I've ranked that in terms of those categories towards my number one. Putting in the work. Me and Nola did not come up with that sort of method on this podcast. What are you doing here? Otherwise, uh, we would have had 10 movies from probably the last five years. So, I had okay. to make it a bit different. Not a problem. No worries. Well, we're going to get into the list. We may as well start it off. Noletta, you can go first. Then it will be followed by me, Aaron. Our guest will go last. And he'll have the final say on, you know, our favourite horror movies. All right, Noletta, why don't you start with your number 10? Okay, so my number 10 is... One of um, my favourite sort of horror movies growing up, and that is Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Not on my list. It's not on my list either, though I watched it for the first time a couple of nights ago for Nolsey as she was re-watching it. I watched it for the first time yesterday, so I can also speak on that. Speaking of honourable mentions, this was one of my honourable mentions, but we'll also name all those after the list because there's... Some real contenders for me that didn't make it. So, yeah. The Birds, Nolet is number 10. Yep, so The Birds was made in 1963. It came after he created Psycho. Um, basically, it follows a rich socialite who is Melanie Daniels as she tra- travels to the hometown of a lawyer, which is Mitch Brenner. Um, of the hometown of Bodega Bay where she's trying to play a practical joke on him um, and giving him two lovebirds. Um, I mean, so while like while they're there over the course this weekend, the birds start going a bit weird and which is the whole premise of this thing. Um, I know a lot of people probably would have Psycho on this list rather than the birds. Um, but this is the first horror movie I ever watched as a kid, and I was so terrified by it that I had to stop it halfway through. <laughs> and, um, and then I didn't re-watch it again until I was an adult because I was just so terrified by this movie. It's a scary movie for your first <laughs> horror movie. It is actually pretty scary, yeah. this movie. So, yeah, what a, what a way to start your horror movie. <laughs> 
So watching. I think like just Hitchcock himself is just so absolutely incredible. And there's a reason why he is known as like kind of the master of this genre because the way he just creates suspense out of something like so little is just like absolutely phenomenal. Like the scene where she's sitting at the school about to have a cigarette waiting for the for the te- like for, for the kids to come out and the camera keeps flashing behind her and there's one bird behind her then it goes back to her then it flashes behind her again there's five birds behind her and and it keeps going until all of a sudden like the whole playground is just full of all these crows and it's just built up so like amazingly that you really do just feel in the moment that you're just absolutely terrified for this woman about to be attacked by these crazy birds. I, it, it's a great movie. I watched it for the first time ever yesterday, as I mentioned. And to be honest, I was watching it. I was enjoying the movie. I forgot it was a horror movie because I was just so engaged by the story between these two leads. Some elements don't necessarily hold up today. There's a bit of sexist kind of stuff going yeah. on towards females in this movie. But the whole her breaking into his house to deliver the lovebirds is just, well, you can go to jail for breaking into people's <laughs> houses. But overall, it's a great movie. You mentioned Hitchcock is a master of building suspense. and He does it great in this movie, as you mentioned. That scene with the birds in the playground is outstanding. I like the the town of what is the town called? Bodega Bay. But, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I like when they're in the restaurant with their discussions about, you know, everything that's going on, and the you learn about the different townsfolk in the in the town. You've got you know the characters like Ian, the school teacher that had a fling with Mitch. Mitch and Melanie's relationship is is an interesting one that develops yeah. over the film, and the whole back and forth with uh, Melanie and her mother. Lydia, his mother, sorry, Lydia, yeah. is is a highlight of the movie for me that I forgot that I was watching a horror movie. And when the action does happen and when the horror elements really kick into gear, it is terrifying when the kids are getting, um, you know, terrorised by the birds trying to escape the school safe, safety. It's one of the, you know, most horrifying images you can see because it's something that could really happen to you in real life. And Hitchcock does such a great job, you know, building the suspense to the fact that You've got all this imagery with the birds and, you know, their connection to humans and, you know, how they're trapped. You've got characters like Ian that are trapped because, you know, she loves Mitch and she's moved to this town and she's kind of just living her life. So in terms like that, she's kind of like a bird in a cage. So there's a lot of imagery and, and symbolism in this movie. Uh, but I really, I really thought it was a great movie. I agree with you or you, a lot of your points. The only thing that I'd say is that near the end, I don't think it's the strongest ending in the world, the strongest conclusion. But I do think that the death of Anne was very, I did not see that coming. Yeah. There's some real suspenseful and shocking moments in this movie. I think it definitely is an Alfred Hitchcock classic. And I think it's a lesson to a lot of these modern filmmakers in terms of how to build suspense without having jump scare after jump scare. It slowly builds itself up and it takes its time, which I really appreciate about this movie. In defense of the ending as well, um, it was actually Hitchcock did that ending because he w- it was based on this um, real life event that happened over the course of, I think, a day um, where this little island or coastal town got just attacked by birds and then all of a sudden they just disappeared, and um, it ended up being something like toxic gas in in the like ground or something that had caused all these birds to go crazy. So I I guess that's why he had the ending where the birds are just kind of all of a sudden just 
normal and yeah. they all just yeah. leave and drive off into the distance. But One of the most thrilling things is you don't know why the birds, you never really yeah. find out why no. they're attacking the people. Another thing that I will say as a negative for me before we get Aaron's thoughts is that we don't, the characters are kind of one-dimensional, I'll argue, and I think that the lead performance, I think it was her first acting performance other than a, uh, a, I found out after the movie, other than an ad where she got whistled at for promoting Coke or something, the main actress, not not the drug, the, yeah. the soft drink, uh, <laughs> Tibby Hedron. I don't think she's the strongest part of this movie. I think her performance is no, it's she's okay. she's definitely there for her looks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know if she's got the range that uh, that Hitchcock usually goes for for yeah. his horror movie. So it's a bit of a strange casting choice for me. But overall, she did a decent job. But yeah. Just wasn't as strong as the rest of the cast for me. Aaron, what did you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I don't really have much else to add apart from what you guys have already said. I think you've nailed it. The scenes you've talked about were awesome. I do actually like the final scene as well where they walk out of the house and there's just birds covering the car. That's a very iconic scene as well. Um, but yeah, my main issue with the birds as opposed to what would be arguably Hitchcock's masterpiece in Psycho is that I feel like it doesn't age fantastically for some elements. Not the whole film, just elements. You talked about one-dimensional characters, you talked about sexism. The whole movie basically re uh, exists because the main character wants to play a practical joke on a guy by taking some birds to him. And don't care about expense. I don't even know what job this lady has. Well, she does talk about how she doesn't really... She's a do socialite. Anything. She's a socialite, yeah. Um, she has rich family. Spending her father's money, <laughs> That's all she's doing. So when I watched Psycho, I felt like I felt like it could have been made the day beforehand. When I watched Birds, I felt like I was watching a 60s horror movie, which is fine, but it it just does feel a lot older. That's all. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'd like to add as well, we watched it in colour. I wish we watched it in black yeah. and white. Westy, yeah. what did you watch it I watched it in colour as yeah. well. Yeah, I just wish... The, graph, the effects, unfortunately... I just think wouldn't have been as noticeably awkward had we watched it in black and white, that's all. One but. interesting note from the trivia of me reading this movie too, because I watched it on the streaming service. I don't think the black and white was an option. Yeah, I no, it wasn't. What did I watch it on? It might have been Stan, yeah, Stan, yeah. the Australian streaming service. But uh, and a funny little tidbit that I found in the trivia as well was that Hitchcock had a bunch of bird sounds and birds, like fake birds, outside the cinema after the first after the first oh, awesome. viewing of the movie to really scare people. Oh, so cool. I thought that was a little cool tidbit that I read at the end as well. But. Imagine that. I would just be like, not out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's really cool. That's awesome. All right, well, the bird um, was, was your number 10. Number 10. Okay, my number nine is The Cabin in the Woods. That one's not on my list, either. It's not on my list, and I'm disappointed, Westy, that's not in your list, though. I did watch this movie in oh, preparation for this okay. list, so I've got some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Cabin in the Woods, um, directed by Drew Goddard, um, co-written by Joss Whedon. Um, it's a 2011 movie. It stars Chris Hemsworth, along with a whole bunch of other people as well. But um, this is kind of about the time when um, Chris Hemsworth was just sort of coming in to his like Thor fame. So he got cast the day after he started filming this movie yeah. as Thor. So, yep. So it's pretty, um, he's pretty fresh in this. But basically it follows sort of five college friends who are travelling to a remote cabin for a vacation, um, which is kind of like on the outskirts, looks like your typical everyday sort of horror film in a, set out in a remote area but there's this whole thing that's happening on the outside which is kind of like where this organization is creating these scenarios for these five 
friends to go through um, and they're kind of like forcing this horror to happen to them. Um, it's I just think it's a really fun movie. Like it's it's kind of like a comedy horror, I guess, because there are like a lot of funny elements to it as well. Um, seeing the way that these the two like um, I guess like agents they are um, the way that they manipulate scenarios so that the these like five friends become what uh they're kind of hoping them to be so you've got like the whore the the athlete the fool um the scholar and the virgin um which are like your typical girl like typical characters in a horror movie um but there's a whole reason behind why they've created these characters which is that they're trying to appease to like this otherworldly thing that will destroy the world if if these people aren't sacrificed, I guess. Yeah. And what's your thoughts, Aaron? Um, so I, it was actually would have been a movie I put in my honorable mentions <clears throat> because it is essentially a love letter um, to every horror trope you can have, essentially. That's what they try to jam-pack into mm-hmm. this movie, especially towards the end when things start getting a little bit more crazy. They start jamming in a lot of these uh, yeah, these, these horror tropes or icon iconic things that you can think of. Um I, it is more of a horror comedy. Um, I think it's better on a second watch, personally, when you kind of know what's happening. Um, so you can sort of pay a bit more attention and and, and know what's going to happen. And and I sort of felt like the first time I watched it, I glazed over the 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 agents and like the corporation type thing that's that's got this overarching plan. And I focused more on the on the the teenagers or the people in the actual cabin. Um, so it was good watching it the second time to actually pay more attention to this overarching narrative that's actually happening outside of the main story. So, yeah. Um, there's some annoying characters. The stoner who plays the fool is so annoying. Um, and I know that's what they're going for yeah. again. You could argue that everything you don't like about this movie is like, well, that's what they're going for. Yeah. Yes, I know that, but you can't necessarily just get away with a movie that's just going for things. You know, it's not... It can't just try and hit every trope and nail it perfectly so um it's really good i think it's a movie that everyone should really watch and get an opinion on it's a great modern horror film um i wasn't a huge fan of the ending when there's a a very famous final girl or horror actress that shows up at the end out of nowhere and sort of hangs around for five minutes to just explain everything and then the movie just ends after that so apart from that though it's a great ride it's a fantastic halloween movie to watch with some friends and and really enjoy so yeah, mm. honourable mention for me. So it looks like out of the movies that I've been watching to to you know prepare for this list, I'm choosing two good ones because they're both an Oliver's list that I've watched very recently. So Cabin in Woods for me was a very interesting watch. I obviously am a big fan of Josh Whedon, um, despite you know the recent allegations, but obviously his work of you know Firefly, <laughs> Buffy, the Avengers movies. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, obviously he created Lost as well and did the pilot there. I'm also a fan of Drew Goddard and I think that he's a very talented uh, aspiring director. He's been around for 10 to 15 years now but he's kind of making his way through Hollywood with these smaller budget movies. I really enjoyed Bad Times at the El Royale for example which he also directs. So heading into this movie uh, I, I was excited. I was a bit, I didn't know what to expect and as the plot kind of you know turns everything on its head so to be you get the big twist in the movie it is one of those ones where, you know, maybe it does benefit having a second viewing, like you say, Aaron. 
I think the stereotypes, as you mentioned, of the characters, guys, uh, are really well done. Chris Hemsworth's definitely home and away mode here. He just <laughs> seems to have just gone to Hollywood after Star Trek. Yeah. He's cameo at the start. Uh, he plays a different role that we don't really see him play in 2021, so that was cool and interesting. I thought that the his girlfriend, Jules uh, Anna Hudson, was really good, and I saw, thought Christian Connolly, uh, who played Dana, the main character, I don't think she's done much else no, work in Hollywood. No. I thought she was really good as well. The movie starts to lose me, though, because I... I, I really enjoyed the first half of an hour and I enjoyed the kind of overseers that were that were planning to get them into this situation, unleash the you know the zombie family on them. And I was enjoying that aspect of the movie. About halfway through the movie, I when it gets turned on its head, I really started seeing some major flaws in this thing. For example, um, I do agree that that some the stereotypes are there, but for me they're used as kind of jokes and, and a little bit overused. The the nerd or whatever his name is the 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 wee the stoner yeah. he's he is overused and yeah. he gets annoying with the fake out death and yeah. etc. Yeah. The movie really loses me in the third act um, when everything goes over the top. I don't have a problem with an end of the world storyline, but as soon as they go in the elevator, you're just basically throwing a bunch of CGI at the wall and and, and, and you tropes. and yeah. you have mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of shows ago when we were doing The Conjuring list a, a few months ago now that The Conjuring suffers from, in your opinion, everybody being in the house in the third act. This is a much worse example for yeah. me than The Conjuring because literally they're just throwing monsters at you. Let's do this, let's do that. I just thought it was, yeah, very very generic, the ending, and I think it, it kind of ruined uh, overall first 50 minutes for me I enjoyed the I enjoyed the stereotypes in the world I think they were playing those tropes well but then when it got into your big action movie in the end it kind of lost me a little yeah. bit sounds so to me like Westy you're saying that you liked it when it was a cabin in the woods and yes. when it wasn't a cabin in the woods anymore yes I, like I got it. sold a <laughs> false bit of, it, it, it felt good to you yeah, first, the false bit of gods yeah I mean all I wanted was the cabin in the woods and <laughs> they've just gone further than that so uh, but yeah I thought it was a decent watch and I do agree that everybody should watch it and have an opinion it seems like the critics were mixed, and it seems like the audience reaction is mixed. To be honest, you really some people think it's a classic, some people think that uh, it's a, just a weird movie, some people think it's overrated. So I'm kind of on the opinion that there's some great things and some bad things in this one. So yeah, yeah. fair enough. All right, what is your number eight, Noella? Um, my number eight is Ready or Not. We have one in common. That is on my list. I'm just trying to work out where it was. It's number eight for me as well. Yeah. That. It's not on my list, uh, though it would have been an honourable mention had it not been selected by anyone else. All right. Why don't you start us off, Nolsey? Hey, ready or not. So, um, I went into this movie watching it in cinemas when it came out in 2019, um, basically not knowing a thing about it. And from what I've heard, I'm kind of glad that was it was that way. Um, it's, so, it's, uh, about Grace, who's played by Samara Weaving, um, who, tra like, she's just married her new husband, Alex, um, and then she's invited to play a game of hide-and-seek, I guess, by her new in-laws, um, but the problem is that there is a twist to this game, um, Pretty much, they these the Ladomus. I think they are Ladomus. Yep. Um, they have made a their like ancestors have made a deal with the devil, and if hide and seek comes up in their game playing, then they have to kill 
the person that is hiding before dawn otherwise they all will suffer the consequences um i mean this movie is very gory um but like which honestly is really not normally my thing when it comes to horror i'm not a very big gore person i usually try to hide away from from that sort of stuff but it was really fun and it was really well done and that ending is just one of the the greatest endings of anything that i've watched in a long time in particular when we're in cinemas together and mm. this was a movie i had to drag aaron to go watch because he did not want to watch it i've already <laughs> seen this movie and i was seeing it a second time and i love this movie i think it's the most underrated movie that yeah. came out in 2019 i cannot talk this movie up enough but in particular the nail scene for you when she yeah has to climb oh. back up the hole that she's in and she yeah. puts her hand through the nail. <laughs> Even Noel, thinking about it again, like, Nolsey was terrified. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a, a great movie. It's extremely underrated. The Saint Dumay kind of storyline where this family kind of has to play a board game or some sort of game every time, you know, a new so member joins the family. And- it's It gets intense if, if a certain game comes up. That game certain, uh, tends to get... It comes up not that often, but it comes up in this circumstance with Sam Weaving's character. And yeah, we get a great kind of family drama mixed in with this horror. They're a dysfunctional family. Sam Weaving has got a breakout role in this movie. She really arrived in Hollywood with this thing. She had been known for other things, but she is fantastic in this movie. I thought Henry um, Kazani from Revenge and, and some other stuff is really good as the father in this thing as well. Um, Adrian Brody's really good. So the whole cast performs. It's a good horror movie. It's generally scary in some scenes. You've got a lot of gore, as you mentioned. And the ending is one of the most creative endings I've ever seen in a horror movie without spoiling it too much because I think that a lot of people haven't seen this movie yeah. and I think a lot of yeah. people should see this movie. Yeah. I, I love Ready or Not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wesley, as you mentioned, it's a movie you dragged me to. I really didn't want to go watch this. I'd heard about it just from the name um, and that it was kind of like a... Just a movie that had come out because um, it didn't really have great reviews, I don't think, when it first released. Mixed but, reviews. So, yeah, it wasn't yeah. really like one of those things I had to really go out and watch. I was like, oh, I'll just wait for it to come out on DVD or something, just rent it. Um, but I had a fantastic time when we went to the movies. For literally, from like the first five minutes, I was just enthralled, having fun. Um, it does have problems. It's It's got some, you know, you could have the typical thing of that the script's not the greatest. There's some dumb decisions that are really made, and it, and some it does sort of. Thinking about the whole film as a, as a whole, it does have some lulls and dips at times where things just aren't really moving along. Um, but when when things are happening, it, it really is a really fun movie. Um, honestly, same as Cat of the Woods, it's a movie that I think is great for Halloween time. Get some friends, watch it together. I think it benefits from a, a group session to watch it together because that ending... Once it happens, um, which you really don't see coming, and please don't don't look it up or anything. It, it's a really cool ending. Um, it's a great thing to talk about with your mates and and you really discuss. Oh wow, what happened there? You know, because it does it does sort of a, a double fake out on you where you, you think something might happen, it doesn't, then it happens again, and then yeah. So it, it's really cool. Um, I really enjoyed it. Sam Weaving is is amazing in it. I think that she really did a great job. Um, yeah, it's just you know it, it just is a fun film that does feel like. The kids game that it's based on um hide and seek ready or not so awesome awesome suggestion i think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of it's a fun horror movie and yeah for someone that like me that that likes slashes it's just a fun popcorn time it does have a few problems but overall i just was amazed by the quality because this was a movie that we all went into especially you two and i'd seen it for the first I'd, i saw the trailers and hated them before i saw it the first time and i just went in with no expectations and it blew me away yeah 
Well, from what I've seen, a lot of the problems about this movie came from the trailers because people had watched them and felt like they'd seen the whole movie in the trailer except for the ending. But, like, I don't know. So I think going into it and not watching that I made, was probably why I enjoyed it more. But, yeah, that's my number eight. All right, well, that was your ten to eight. So you're done for this segment. We'll move over to me now. And is that are we done for the segment? Yep. Yep, sure. You're t- or were we doing until seven? I don't know. No, I, can't remember, what I can't remember what I said at the start, <laughs> but let's go to my ten. My number eight's already been said, obviously, but my ten is the Halloween from 2018. Okay. So is the Halloween from 2018 on any of your lists? Nope. It is not on my list. No. This was a really tough spot, number ten, for me, because there were so many movies in contention for the tenth spot. Uh, it was actually one of the most tough 10 spots I had to do and to be honest movies like The Birds and a couple others that we'll get to at the end if they're not on your list probably a better made movies but for me I thought the Halloween franchise had to be represented in some form and most people would go with the original John Carpenter film that I watched for the first time recently that could be on your list so I'm not going to get too far into that movie but what I will say is that when I think of Michael Myers and when I think of um, Jamie Lee Curtis and, and their character's rivalry, obviously she's Laurie, uh, they, I, I think of the, when I think of Halloween, I think of that rivalry. And the first movie is fantastic. And I'm not, put, I'm not gonna take anything away from that first movie, but this one shows a more brutal Jason a Jason Michael that, Myers. I'm sorry, Jason <laughs> and that, Michael Myers. They're basically similar the same characters. Yeah, I love Jason as well. But uh, shows a similar Michael. Did I say Jason the other times or just that My accident. Yeah, okay, so. sorry. Michael Myers is who I'm talking about, everybody. But it shows a more brutal Michael Myers. One that's, you know, he's he's out for blood. He doesn't care who he kills. And he wants to get to Laurie at all cost. And the first movie for me... As I said, I'm not going to get too far into him, but it was more of a teenage movie. It was revolutionary for the time in terms of being one of the first slasher movies. But this one's all about revenge, all about action, all about blood getting, you know, spilt. And I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, Laurie, she's been preparing this whole time for him to return after the events of the first movie. We ignore all the other sequels. <laughs> and, you know, no one believes her. Everybody thinks she's a little bit crazy. Her daughter doesn't believe her. The granddaughter doesn't really. And then when Mohamai shows up, when he escapes from the asylum that he's in, things go crazy. Things get really brutal and bloody fast. And that's what I watch slasher movies for, to be entertained, to enjoy some great killing. And I think what sets Halloween apart from other horror franchises is the rivalry between Michael Myers and Laurie. And I think that's what I'm paying to see. That's why I'm so excited for Halloween Kills. And that's why I love this movie. There is some problems. The psychiatrist doctor that thinks they're still good in Michael Myers, he's a little heel turn. He turns evil out of nowhere. And that's that was not a great part of the movie for me. They also try to do some backstory stuff with Michael Myers that I don't know if it works fully. They only do they kind of delve into that a little bit. But at the at the core of the movie, it's about Laurie versus Michael Myers, and it's a fun ride, and that's why I Prefer it to, to Halloween. Halloween, the original, might be a better movie. But for me, this one is is a, is a deserves to be in the conversation when we talk about slasher classics. And obviously, it keeps that fantastic score that obviously the 76 movie did so well. The 78 movie, I think it was 78. But yeah, Halloween 2018, uh, Halloween 2018 is my number 10. I'm just going to jump in before Nolsey on this one to give my opinions because I do like it. I think it's really good. And I think as a, as a reboot slash, you know, sequel to the original, I think it's it's awesome. It's very high quality. Um, and that thing you talked about, specifically Westy, in that it is a it is a uh, hero versus villain movie at its core, which is it's really cool about a horror movie. You don't really know because honestly, when you watch it, 
Laurie might win, Michael might win. You don't know who's actually going to win this big battle in, yep. in the film, which is what's really cool about it. Um, unfortunately, it is the other characters around around the main cast that sort of let it down, the psychiatrist you talked about. Um, but particularly for me, I really don't like this idea that Laurie's just spent her whole life training her daughter just in case Michael gets out um, to then fight him and, and kill you know anyone that comes against him. I... Yeah, West. What did you? Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting about yeah. that is that at the so at the end of the movie, the first movie, she's a teenager. He escapes, so he doesn't get caught. And suddenly, this movie, he's caught. He's been caught for a long time. But the movie presents it like she's preparing her whole life for Mohammed to come back. But she didn't have even have a boyfriend in the first one. So at some point, she had a kid. I mm. feel like even though the movie doesn't present it, in my like kind of take of the situation is that she's tried to live a perfect life but the kind of the PTSD came to her and that's when she started training her daughter you know what I mean yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah. but they don't explain that no, no, no. so it, I hear that's what you know, it is yeah. what it's suggested though that you can kind of go for it's PTSD it's just a bit you know this this you get this idea that this her daughter you know really doesn't like her and is sick of her and, but then you find that the, out that it's because oh she spent her whole life training to you know fight serial killers like Michael Myers um, it just I don't know I wasn't a huge fan of that whole fake out at the end and you know just burning him alive in the basement um, which obviously didn't work because I'll, we've got Halloween kills I'll now hit, so. I'll hit back at that a little bit I think the ending in that house is better than the ending of the original Halloween now I like the original Halloween ending but him kind of disappearing through the night I think I prefer the whole the action showdown. Sure, it might be a little bit generic but the house on fire trapping him I think it showed smarts on Laurie that obviously she didn't have as a teenager, and I like that aspect. So, yeah. Do you think maybe that Laurie was just relying on the fact that she'd have other people there to help her trap him in the house, though? I mean, you know, you, maybe that's why she had stuff. a kid. So she had a kid just so she could train the <laughs> yep. kid to therefore help her kill Michael yep. Myers in the in the event that Michael Myers gets broken out of this this jail, this this asylum that he's been in. She's gonna need some you help. Never know. She can't do it by herself. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I just think the if you're gonna watch one or the other one, watch the original. Yeah. Do you think it's the second best Halloween? I haven't seen any of the sequels. Yes, yeah. I've watched yeah. other ones though, okay. but um, right. I don't really want to. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say yes. Nolan, what do you think um, of this movie? So I mean, like, the, I haven't watched it since 2018 when we all like when we went to the movies to go watch it. So I can't really remember a lot about it, and I'm going to re-watch it before Halloween Kills comes out because I really want to go see that. I remember enjoying it though, um, but yeah, I still think that the original is better. And I'll admit but, it's a better made movie, but I just enjoy this. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so, yeah. no, that's fair enough. I, I do really love that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is back for it, though. Like, I just think that's that's really cool, getting her back for it. It just makes the whole universe with Michael Myers, like, I know, just seem a bit more authentic, I guess, rather than getting a whole new actress, whole new scenario. But, yeah, that's good. And that's I think it sets up the trilogy really nicely, yeah. the third instalment and uh, that comes out next year and the second one here out uh, of this new trilogy. I think kind of really a lot of slashes too. I think there's some more interesting slashes than there was five years ago before this movie came out. 100%. Sweet. It's a great film. Also, uh, awesome. That's my number 10. All right, moving on to my nine now. And my number nine is another slasher movie. And it's one that I, it's a personal favorite of mine. I had to put it on my list. This is why I've been confusing Michael Myers and Jason in my saying. <laughs> it is Friday the 13th Part 2, part two. is my favorite Friday the 13th movie. It's not on my list. It's not on my list. For me, this is the best slasher movie I've ever seen in terms of pure fun. I, I love this movie. The first movie really... So Halloween, when it came out in 1978, really set the standard in terms of slasher movies. It was the original. It had the whole 
uh, the babysitters and they kind of meet up and and stuff. But this one, you know, introduces the whole trope of the camp counselors and all these kids partying while they're supposed to. They're going to be watching the the kids that come in for for a you know a camp, but. It really, for me, kind of, as, as great as that Halloween movie, and it, it, original Halloween movie is, and obviously this one's a little bit of a kind of more fun parody of it, it really kind of evolves the slasher movie in being a bigger cast and a bigger cast of characters coming in. And the first movie is really great in terms of getting to know those characters and they slowly get killed off. And by the end, the reveal, spoiler alert, that it wasn't Jason, it was Pamela that was killing all these, all these teenagers, Jason's mother. In the second one, Pamela's dead. There's no real explanation why Jason's alive, but he's here and he's ready to do some killing. <laughs> and it is just a fun ride from start to finish. I think that this movie uh, has some great kills. Jason with the uh, the quilt cover over his head, the uh, yeah, the yeah. bed, the potato sack, the potato sack, yeah. potato sack. Jason, there's a picture of it. No letter. It's fantastic <laughs> it for is. the audio listeners, which is all of our listeners. You can't see the pillowcase, but it's fantastic. Um, he is Google just it. yeah, Google it. Ah, it's it's a it's a great classic horror movie for me, and it also introduced some key elements of the Friday the Thirteenth law that I think are great elements in general in the slasher movie genre. He's obviously got mother issues. You've got a, a good protagonist, better than the original, called, um, what's her name, Ginny. It's not Alice, it's Ginny. Um, Alice dies at the start of the movie, the protagonist for number one. But Ginny, um, she wears Pamela's sweater. You have that whole iconic scene. And and it's it's a great it's a great sequel to the first movie. Obviously, it's not the best film ever made. But in terms of slasher movies, it, in my opinion, is the funnest that I've ever seen. And I enjoyed the ride from start to the beginning. In this movie, Jason throws an axe had a guy in a wheelchair and he just goes tumbling down the stairs to his death. That is what you call movie magic. And that is why Friday the 13th Part 2 is my number nine. Okay, look, I have something to confess. <laughs> okay. The only time I've ever watched a Jason movie was um, Freddy vs. Jason. That uh, okay. <laughs> so I've never seen any of the Friday 13th. So you don't think in the last three and a half months, instead of watching reality TV, you could have maybe watched one Friday the 13th movie. They've honestly never interested me before in my life, which is why I've never... I know that they're iconic. he's an iconic character, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's just I've I've watched the first it's a less Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's all I've watched out of them. But it's a less yeah. serious version of of Halloween. It's fun. <laughs> you should be watching it. I, I will watch it one day. I, I need to, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's just never really interested me. But you've kind of sold it for me. That throwing an axe <laughs> to a man, a kid in a wheelchair, a teenager, and he just falls to his death. It's fantastic. And he, he rolls down some stairs. <laughs> on so his many chairs. Too, it's like an unnecessary amazing. amount of stairs that he's just rolling it's down. It's literally like 20 steps at it's least. Yeah, 20 minutes <laughs> to, to the movie. Uh, um, I mean, it's a great movie, honestly, Westy. And, you know, it's it's one of those ones that is just iconic. You know, you could pick you could pick a Friday the 13th movie and say it's your favourite. Had to be represented. Exactly, exactly. That's why yeah, I've got yeah, it. And yeah. it's not mine. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'm not going to say anything bad about it because... It's just, it's an iconic film. Um, obviously, yeah, it's not a perfect film, and that's why it's in my top 10. No, the acting's not great, yeah. but you know what? Again, it's a great time, great Halloween movie, and you should watch it on a, you should watch a Friday the 13th movie on a Friday the 13th. It's a great time. Pick one. Watch it. It's awesome. <laughs> Nolsey, get on it. Okay. What are you doing? Just looking at Nolsey, that whole statement. <laughs> he was locked in. All right, so that was my number nine. My number eight is ready or not, we've already discussed, so let's move on to Aaron's number 10 now. 
And my number 10 is in the category of adapted horror. Look at that. I forgot about these categories. Yeah, so this is adapted horror. So this is based on a, on a, on a movie that is uh, actually adapted from a book by Brett Eaton Ellis. It's his American Psycho released in 2000, uh, starring Christian Bale, also co-starring Reese Witherspoon, Jared Leto, and Willem Dafoe, and directed by Mary Harron. Um, I haven't seen this one. Yep. So I, it's not on my list, obviously. Yeah, it's not on my list. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah, I've watched yep. it, yeah. Um, this movie, I haven't really thought about for a couple of years, and then when I started doing my top 10, I sort of went through all the movies I owned, and I went, oh, that's right, American Psycho. That was a movie I really enjoyed. Um, and I started thinking about it more, and it really just does a great job, and I think, Westy, you'd actually really enjoy it, because it really, it, it really showcases um, a part of America that is the Wolf of Wall Street type of America. It's based around a character, Patrick Bateman, who is a stockbroker, a typical yuppie, um, where they live this lifestyle of uh, quick money, uh, booze, drugs, um, trying to women trying to be the perfection um, of, of you know living the best life you can have basically. Um, but there's obviously a dark side to the main character, which is our main character with the Faro Patrick Bateman, that he is a psychopath. He enjoys killing. Um, he enjoys. Uh, high brands and living a high life as much as he enjoys murdering and and uh, and uh, I guess yeah um, manipulating people. So it's a great film. It's got some iconic scenes. The 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 scene with the uh, chainsaw or a girl's running down a spiral staircase and he drops it. The 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 card the business card scenes awesome. That's it on the opposite end. That's just focused on on his psychology um and yeah it's just it's a it's a great film it's just a good film that people don't really talk about enough and i just wanted to in, uh, include it as a uh, adapted adapted film it was in development hell for like eight years i didn't know um apparently they had other actors such as leonardo dicaprio lined up brad pitt all these other people but in my opinion christian bale just absolutely nails the main character um yeah, it's I enjoyable. I feel like Kristen Bauer's like still pretty young in this. He was movie, told not he? to like, do this film because it would be yeah. it would kill his career. He was told it was a career killer if you do this film. The book is very controversial. You couldn't actually buy it on shelves. It had to be sold behind the counter, sealed, mm-hmm. and that's what they based this movie on. It is disturbing. It's R it's R rated, and there are some disturbing scenes. But the scenes that. Um, are more based around the yuppie culture and the, the psychology of things. That's really cool and really well done. Yeah, well, I mean, like, some of some of the deaths in this movie are just so iconic now, um, and they are so brutal. I mean, the axe scene yeah. where he's wearing a yeah, garbage bag, basically, yeah. and plays some music, and then he... That's the scene that yeah. I've seen of this yeah, movie. You yeah. Because yeah. I love Huey Lewis, I love yeah, Huey Lewis to be square, yeah. and I've seen that scene. It's, it's a really good that scene. That song so. cost them... A ma- almost a majority of their budget just to play the song in the Looks film. Right. That was worth That's it. how low budget the film really was. Yeah. I think it was about ten million. I mean, if you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth seeing. It's one of Christian Bale's like masterpieces, really. Like it's just it's really it it showcases his acting abilities. Yeah. Well, I like Christian Bale. I like Hip to Be Square. What's not to <laughs> What's not to love about this movie? Maybe you should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is. It is one of those horror films that you don't really. You're watching it for a horror film slash psychology film, so yeah. can't recommend it to everyone, unfortunately. Anything else, Nolsey? Any other opinions about this movie? No, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't really. 
remember too much about it, but I remember enjoying it and being really disturbed. <laughs> no worries. What's your number nine, Aaron? Number nine is a is in the category of 60s horror. It's a 1968 film directed by Roman Polanski, Rosemary's Baby, starring Mia Farrow. I think this is my biggest gap because I've seen a lot of this being a lot of great horror movie lists yeah. and this is another one that I haven't seen. I, yeah. I had, this is one that I really wanted to watch before we recorded. But yeah, I didn't get so it. I bought this movie just randomly. It cost me like $3, sorry. Yep, um, not easy right. in your list. No, it's no. Online. I haven't seen it yet either. So I bought it, cost me like 3 bucks. Um, I had just heard that it was a horror movie. I didn't know anything else about it. Um, and like, as I mentioned before, with Psycho that we talked about with Birds, it's a film that feels like it was could have been directed yesterday. Um, it basically follows a, a couple trying to have a child together um, and have just moved into a new apartment building. Um, but as they're trying to have this kid, sinister things start happening with their neighbours. Uh, and her pregnancy is not really going as well and as idyllic as you think it would really be going for, for this new happy couple. So it does set up a really nice sort of setting at the start and things start to slowly uh go downhill until at the end we find out that this baby may not necessarily be the baby to a husband but to something more demonic or evil so yeah it's a great film it's really well acted and i was surprised when i was watching this how many moments i was like wait a second this is this has been referenced in other films I've watched. So I feel like a lot of other horror movies since have really taken a lot of ideas from this movie and incorporated them to their own. So yeah, it's a great film. Um, and I think it just holds up really well today. You can watch it and still enjoy it as a horror film. Awesome. We're going to have to check it out. That's definitely one of my gaps in this genre. It looks yeah, like yours yeah, as well, Nolte. So yeah. number nine. One that I really wanted to watch before this but well it's always yeah. seems to be in the top 10 top 20 horror movies lists yeah. that people write of all time so yeah. yeah definitely one i've missed but yeah a classic that's on your list aaron all right let's move on to number eight yeah and my final one for this segment is uh the 1979 movie in the category of sci-fi horror that is alien in space no one can hear you scream <laughs> by ridley scott so i've seen this one but it didn't make yeah, the list i've seen it but not on my list yeah, it's, look, honestly, it's not the greatest horror movie. There are issues, but I think that Ridley Scott really hit the nail on the head here in terms of building a, a really cool sci-fi world and then bringing horror, horror elements inside of it. So the sci-fi is awesome. Um, the, the, the weird milky blood that comes out of these androids that he's got, um, the, the weird text and like technology that they're using that seems it's supposed to be futuristic for us, but it's really old school in terms of how our computers work now. Um, but then you've got just this one alien that stalks them the entire time. Um, I think it's superior to the sequel, James Cameron's Aliens, which everyone always loves to say is the better film. Wes is shaking his head at me right now. You're wrong, mate. I'm the guest. I'm right. The guest is always right in your house. So Alien is better than, than Aliens. Uh, and... While you can say Alien Covenant was absolutely terrible and Ridley Scott lost his way there, which, let's be honest, he probably did, uh, I think that the original Alien is just fantastic. It's a great film. Well, it's a good thing we're not recording in my house, so the guest <laughs> is always right. We're in your house. And I'm going to say Aliens is the superior movie. But we're talking about Alien here. Obviously, Aliens... You'd go, oh, of course Steve would say that's the spirit movie because it's an action movie. It's Listen, the action horror. Let, We're talking about the original some, horror. Give me some credit here, all right? Alien, I'll admit, it's not my cup of tea. I like sci-fi. Couldn't get into this one as much as what other people. In saying that, it's, spawned so, it's a huge franchise. It's spawned so many sequels and spin-offs. 
and and Ridley Scott, you're right. He made a world. He made a, a, an interesting world, um, an interesting universe, yeah. where he really caused the suspense to slowly build until this big event happens and the aliens really invade. And I like that aspect of the movie. Some of the side characters and and some other stuff. I'm not a fan of. I don't think this movie's aged particularly well. And in my opinion. This might be a short one about A-Links. I'm just not a fan of it, and I don't want to get too much hate. <laughs> but in my opinion, there's another classic horror movie that builds a suspense in a, with a creature from another world much better than this movie does, and that will be on my list later. So, okay, interesting. Yeah. Alien Three. <laughs> <laughs> Alien Covenant. Nah, oh, nah. No, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> Look, personally, in this franchise, Prometheus is my favourite. So I like I. What's your opinion on that one, Westy? <laughs> Haven't seen it. So oh, I've only seen Covenant. I only saw the, the terrible sequel. I'm like, I never wanted to watch Prometheus now. But I, yeah, I loved Prometheus. That was a great movie. But um, and I don't actually remember too much what happens in Alien. I don't know if I'm remembering Aliens or Alien when I think back to it. But um, yeah. I mean, like, I think. Ellen Ripley is just an iconic character. Um, she's yeah, like a yeah. She was a the great she hero. was a badass. She yeah, was she a was. badass. One of the female, original female, female exactly. badass. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Sarah Connor's better than her, but let's not get into that debate. Continue. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like for for the time, like 1979. 79. I didn't realize this movie was um, that old when I went back yeah. and looked at it. Jeez. You don't really have too many iconic female like leaders i guess i mean you can argue that probably halloween like laurie was the first being before this but then um yeah like sarah connor yes she comes in i've I've never watched terminator (laughs) do you do a horror movie do you do a movie (laughs) podcast or just like musical podcast so continue (laughs) but um yeah i I really enjoy ellen ripley as a character that's what i'm gonna say all right, well, Alien was Aaron's number eight. All right, that's the end of... We're going to take a little bit of break, but it's only going to be a couple seconds for you guys. So sit back, enjoy, get a beverage, and get set for the next part of this top ten horror movies of all time. All right, the way we're going, this is going to be a very long podcast, but let's try to really smash some of these movies out. I've got a beer in my hand. I hope you guys have. Let's get to the second part of the podcast now. Noletta, what's your number seven? Okay, my number seven is Insidious. On anyone else's list? I haven't seen it still. Even though we had had the conversation, the Conjuring list, there's one that I wanted to see, but I, ha- I haven't got to it. So and that's no. not on my list either. Okay, so this is a 2010 movie directed by James Wan, um, who most people know him from the Saw franchise. Um, basically, it's centred around the Lambert family, um, they move into this this new house, trying to get like a fresh start in life. Um, when their son Dalton uh, falls into a coma, um, they're not exactly sure what's going on. He's very unresponsive. They don't. They're like a little bit freaked out. So it turns out they they find out that he has this ability where he can astral project his his spirit out from his body and that uh, he is stuck in this world called the further which is kind of like a limbo between life and death um, where all these spirits are and they are trying to take over his physical body so they enlist the help of 
um, this sort of like, I guess, I don't really know what she is, but she helps, um, her name's Elise Rainier, and she helps, um, tries to help the family get him back to his, his physical body to save him. Um, the reason why I love this movie so much is the visual, like the visual scares that it has. Um, there's like one, the most iconic scene is where the tiptoe through the tulip song is playing and the, the mum played by Rose Byrne is sort of doing some like household chores and she walks past this window and you see this, this ghost, like little boy sort of standing in the corner and then like she walks back and all, he's just not there anymore. And I, I sort of feel like it's one of those first movies to kind of really do that that visual horror so well which is something that we see quite a lot of now when you're looking at like haunting of um hill house and stuff like that but yeah i just think the concept is really cool as well like the whole like spirit world the other you've got you've got the red the red devil who is trying to take over dalton's body and i mean like you've you have these two worlds where you've got like the the life of these people on earth and then you've got the father sort of traveling into this spirit world to bring his son back to his body as well. I really like it as well. Um, I think it is better than The Conjuring for a James Wan um, directed film. And yeah, what Nozzy touched on is that I think the best thing about this movie is that it's not afraid to show you the horror, which I think we touched on in our Conjuring podcast. I You can either show the horror or you can hide the horror and build suspense and it shows you it. You you see the ghosts and, and uh, devils and demons on screen. They're not hiding them away from you. It's pretty minimalist on jump scares as far as I can remember. So if you're sort of sick of movies like, I guess, like um, The Nun, which really did the jump scare yeah. thing a lot. Oh, it is number one. Yeah, no, it's number one. Uh, Conjuring movie. Um, and um, and uh, I guess I think it also came around a good time after like the Paranormal Activity movies that were doing a similar thing. Um, so yeah, it's just a good movie that just shows the horror well. Um, it's just a decent horror movie. I, I like it. Yeah, don't really have much else to say about it, to be honest. I, uh, it's definitely one I want to see. I am a big fan of The Conjuring 1 to the point that it almost made this list. So mm. I think James 1 is really good at directing horror. So it's one that I will definitely have to check out. Perfect. So that is my number seven. My number six um, is Hereditary. Which is that? That's one? higher on my list. Yeah. That's not on my list, but I have seen it. Well, we'll chat about this when we get it get to it on Aaron's list. So, my number five is a quiet place. That is my number seven. Oh, there we so go. We've got one in common. We do another one. Me and Noletta on the same page. A little <laughs> bit more than Aaron at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Quiet place is not on my list. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that seems a little bit judgmental oh, pretentious horror <laughs> critic over there no letter why don't you start us off um okay so quiet place directed by john krasinski his di- directorial debut came out in 2018 obviously the sequel came out um this year which was delayed a year after it was supposed to come out last year um and it follows a family trying to survive in this world where majority of the humans have been killed by these monsters that are blind but are very sensitive to noise 
Um, watching this movie in the cinemas was probably one of the greatest experiences I've had watching a, like a horror film. Um, just with how, like, just the way that, like, John Krasinski uses silence throughout this movie, I just think that is what really, like, elevates the scariness for you. Like, normally horror films, they're always kind of using, like, the music in the background or, like, um, I guess screams and stuff like that to try and elevate people's like heart rates and things like this but with yeah with this movie it really does like the whole opposite and you're just sitting there in silence the whole time and I mean if you're like us when you go to the movies and you have a whole bunch of kids that are sort of like screaming and talking it kind of does throw you out of the whole atmosphere but it was still just such an enjoyable film and I think the beginning the way this movie starts really just kind of turns the whole movie on its head that to the point where you don't really know who is safe or how it's going to sort of turn out. I was really, I was really conflicted in terms of whether to put this one on the sequel mm. in the list because I really enjoyed the sequel as well. But a quiet place is best described in and best seen in a cinema as an experienced movie because it's unlike many experiences that I've had in my life in a movie cinema. And you mentioned the silence, and they use the silence so well in this movie. Speaking of which, The Birds, which was your number 10, is another movie that doesn't have a soundtrack. Yeah. But this one obviously got a lot less talking, and it really creates the suspense. And the start of the movie is just a crazy opening that really sets you on this path. And, uh, you know, the monsters, the aliens in this movie are terrifying. And... You know, any slight sound, any slight movement could mean your life's over. And that is terrifying. And that's something that, you know, especially when you have kids and especially when you've got a pregnant wife, would be your worst nightmare. And I think that this movie portrays that extremely well. I really enjoyed it from start to finish. As I said, I enjoy the sequel and where that goes as well. But, man, there is some great scenes in this movie. The waterfall scene's done really well. It's a beautiful scene. But then on the opposite side, you've got the man who loses his wife, who starts yelling, and that is one of the most tense scenes you'll ever see. You speak of your movie experience in this movie. I think I've told this on the show before, but my movie experience, going to see this in the cinema, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was with someone that was eating a choc top, and, they, and it wasn't Bryce. <laughs> wasn't Bryce Merchant. But I was with someone that was eating a choc top, and they started choking on the chalk top for about five minutes when the rest of the cinema and the rest of the movie is completely silent. Yeah. So that uh, kind of took me out of the movie a little bit. But overall, <laughs> it is a great movie, A Quiet Place. Uh, sometimes the you know sometimes the tropes you know get a little bit thin, but overall it's a, it's a great movie and some great performances by John Krasinski. Yep, thanks, and Emily Blunt. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, like have like having. His daughter, and who the daughter, is, yeah. is deaf in real absolutely. life, and she is just absolutely phenomenal, like um, in this movie as well. Like I she think she's really even better is, than the sequel, yeah, 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 as yeah well. she is. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely steals the show, and um, I guess yeah, like having like basically she's the reason why they they survive this because they're used to speaking sign language, and I think that is the coolest thing ever. Aaron, what did you think? So the more you guys talk about this movie, the more I, you know, it hurts my chest because I wanted it to be on my top 10. But as I said at the start, if I did my my ultimate top 10 about things I really want to talk about, I'd just be doing movies from the last five years. It's an awesome horror film. And the only reason why I didn't make my top 10 list is that I want to give a good range and I've got other modern horror films I want to talk about that people don't really know as much. So 
I'm not going to add anything else to what you guys said. It's a fantastic film and it is a film that when everyone talks about how, how you can craft a movie in a specific way, Josh had a vision for this movie. John. John, sorry, not Josh. <laughs> I don't know who Josh is, but uh, John had a vision. Yeah, You're so too. serious that that has totally got ruined. <laughs> so that's your reality TV shows, mate. All right. And it's just Sorry, done. It's done so artsy well. films. Mate. Continue, continue, artsy horror film and critic. It's done so well. So yeah, it's you know, it's it is a horror movie that is a true horror. It's not one that you're gonna watch for a fun experience. You're watching it to get scared and feel an emotion as you're watching it. Absolutely. All right, well, that was your seven to five. So now we're going to get to my seven. It was The Quiet Place, which we've already discussed. My number six is another movie I watched for the first time recently, and it's known as one of the best horror movies of all time. In my opinion, it is, it is without a doubt, one of the best horror movies of all time, and that's The Exorcist. Um, it's not on my list. It was one that I was going to watch for this, but I didn't get around to. Aaron. Well. And unfortunately, it's not on my list. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Okay, sweet. So we can talk about it. All right, well, The Exorcist... In my opinion, I didn't know what to expect in this movie. I knew that there was going to be a possession scene, but what I was not prepared for the ride. The first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie really just shows the lives of a mother who happens to be a famous actress filming a movie with a 12-year-old daughter that, um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a good kid. And and they have a good bond. It shows their story. It also tells the story of a priest um, that is unconventional, certainly, and it seems to have lost his way and potentially lost his faith. What happens next is this movie goes completely off the walls, crazy, and the daughter starts being possessed uh, by a demon, and it's it's a horrifying movie. It still holds up almost 50 years later, the scares in this thing. The possession scenes are so intense. The actions, you'd never expect this from any child, but seeing the mother being so helpless, seeing anyone that helps this child being so tries to help the child being helpless to it and the demon's just completely taken over. It's one that I watched until about 2 a.m. at night and let me tell you, I struggled to sleep after it because it is intense and I can't believe how much it scared me as a 27-year-old 50 years after release. It stands the test of time as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Um, Alan Burstein uh, is the lead in this. He's fantastic. Max von Sydow um, is really good as the older priest that kind of knows what's going on and, and has dealt with this sort of exorcist stuff before. And Father Damien Karras is a great character, played by Jason Miller. I think he's one of the greatest horror characters of all time. And the end, which movies like Annabelle, the original, has completely stolen the ending of in a much worse way. The end is fantastic to this movie. Um, it's a great kind of sacrifice without getting into giant spoilers. And... Yeah, I was blown away by it. I, I can't believe how good this movie is, and I can't believe that this movie, for such a classic, and I know that a lot of previous generations, people that were around back in the 70s, talk very highly of this movie, but it's one that seems to be kind of lost in the shuffle and a little bit forgotten in 2021. As I said, I'd, ne I'd barely heard anything about it, and yeah. I think it was fantastic. So um, there's a couple of problems, like the editing's a bit weird at the start, and it takes a little bit to get going, but once it gets going, it does not let up. Um, it is intense, it is scary, and, um, you know, I, I think that it would have scared people for a very long time in the 70s, and if you watch it now, I think it will have an effect on you. So, that's my thoughts on the Exorcist. So, Westy, unfortunately, you've showed your, your hand in that you're not a big horror horror fan, in that you've said that it's not really talked about much. 
This movie basically makes every single top ten horror movie. Of it all it time. does, but what I mean yeah. when I say that because it, it does, it, it is a roar and I'm, I said it's a classic. It yeah. deserves to be known as one of the best horror movies of all time. But in terms of people that say that are under thirty, who's talking yeah, about this yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, no, no. it's not in the same conversation as other classics that you know. I'm not saying like Gone, of the wind, uh, Gone with the Wind and the Wizard of Oz level, but it's not talked about. Yeah, no, no, no. People who by, were born after, yeah, the year, exactly. after the year, in the 90s and later, aren't talking about this movie. Unfortunately, as part of someone who's very active in following the horror genre and what's happening, this movie comes up all the time for yes. me. And that's the only reason why, when I watched it, my expectations were just way too high. And look, it's honestly on me. It's not on the film itself, it's on me. The, I, I expect this to be the absolute masterpiece the best piece of horror you could ever watch the stories about it people having heart attacks throwing up the movie being banned didn't it win a best picture or something or someone best actor in this film as well like the fir- for the first time ever for a horror film yeah, it it, might ex- nominated. exactly and they talked about it and the, like the thing about this movie is that for me unfortunately it's my screenplay first... my best friend screenplay yeah, yeah. nominated so, for best picture yeah so for, for me it just it, it was never going to live up to the hype and, that, and that's honestly on me what it does so well is the characters, the story, the practical effects when, you know, when Regan yep. comes down for the first time and starts just peeing the in the vomit. middle. The vomit. It's, yep. You know, she's swearing so profusely yep. for this little girl, like... Stabbing, the, the stabbing yeah, of herself. The scenes, and, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, it's done, that is done so well. It's just that for me, I expected this perfect masterpiece of a film, which you could say it is, but I guess my expectations just went the other way so look honestly it's great I'm happy that you put it in the list Westy I'm, I'm so happy you actually watched it I think that it's a great film that I said I've been studying yeah. I've no, been really that, that dumb back awesome. I'm so happy you've watched yeah. it um, I've got to watch it again without those expectations I had the first time because yeah. yeah it's just one of those movies that I'm just it's just been on so many top 10 lists as number one I just it just didn't hit the mark for me unfortunately but it really should have yeah, I'd, I'd the thing that I was amazed so much for a movie that's 50 years ago, and I've, I, I watch, I love westerns and I love movies like that, and you connect to the characters, but I honestly wasn't expecting to connect to characters from a 50-year-old horror movie the way I did in this movie. I, I cared about the daughter. I cared about what happened to her, and I think that's a credit to the movie and, and how scary it is, is and what it accomplished, especially for the time, as you said, the practical yeah. effects. It was... It, for, for me, to for this movie to be scarier than 95% of the horror movies today... I think is an accomplishment and it has stood the test of time. But, yeah. you know, obviously you were, you were, you'd heard so much about it that you built it up as it was going to be a masterpiece and you're a little bit let down, which I can see because um, a movie that I know that we're going to discuss later uh, on this list had the same effect for me when I recently watched it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, like, just before we go on to the next one, I just have, like, a little funny, uh, well, fun fact about this movie as well. Like, it was pretty hyped up to me as a kid and like probably the reason why I've never watched it because I don't like enjoy being scared. So um, my dad, this movie came out when he was under 18 and because it was R-rated, he obviously couldn't go. He actually snuck into the cinema to go watch this with his friends and was so terrified by it that he ended up leaving. Like he was just like, oh, no, I don't even care that I'm in this R-rated movie. I'm done. Like, I'm out of here. And so knowing that story, like, I've just never really wanted to watch it because I'm like, if he was that terrified, I don't think I can bring myself to do it's it. It's a hard watch because it is so intense, but it's it's a great it's, movie. It's intense. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's horrific, but it's it's a, it's a decent And I was watching it at 2am in the morning, so uh, <laughs> yeah. we're See, probably not the right you time. You guys <laughs> haven't really sold me on it. <laughs> like, I, I just it's don't think movie. I can do it. <laughs> 
Going, moving on to my number five now, and I'm really, I'm praying that this is not one we're going to be talking about right now because I watched this for the first time last night and it blew me away. My top ten was set. I wrote it out. I had to have this movie. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a choice because it is one of the greatest horror movies I've ever seen, and it is the 19, I believe it's 1982. I'll just make sure that is correct. It's a 1982 John Carpenter classic, The Thing. It's um. I are on my list. It's Thank God for my list as well. Nah, yeah. I'm glad. I've seen <laughs> I'm it, yeah, guys. I've it. seen <laughs> it. All right, that is my seven of five. Let's go, Aaron. Let's get straight into your list, mate. Oh, back into the pretentious horror movie uh, <laughs> yeah. side of the art, podcast. Art, but... Would you like to know the artsy stuff? Yeah. You and Matt Dupont coming to a new podcast station <laughs> shortly. Should just do our own one together. I'm going to just yeah, enjoy that. But I love anyway. you. I love you, Doopy. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> I like to know his opinion about Alien and Aliens, though. I'll have to talk about that. All right, so my number seven is in the category of... 80s horror. And I just swapped this before I did the did the list, after I did a little bit of a rewatch, but it is the 1981 film directed by Sam Raimi. It is Ooh. The Evil Dead, starring Bruce Campbell. So this is not on my list because this is a movie that I really try to watch. I know the character of Ash. I've seen scenes from the Evil Dead franchise before and it seems like something I'd I'd love. Unfortunately, I can't find it on any streaming service. So that's why I did not watch this movie this week, but it's definitely one I wanted to. So that's what I'll say about this. I've seen the remake. I've never watched the original though. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, so it's um yeah it's a it's the it's the cabin in the woods. It's a story about five teen. Five, it's the original. It's five. Are you telling me that this is the movie I should have watched? <laughs> exactly. They don't do the pretentious uh, uh, stuff, Weston. Uh, uh, so so it's yeah, it's five teenagers. They go to a cabin that is, they they rented for cheap. Um, and they while they're at this cabin, uh, on their way there, the bridge breaks. Uh, so they can't escape the cabin, and they find in the basement of the cabin the Book of the Dead. Um, and they. Un, un, unknowingly or unintentionally release the forces of evil known as the Deadites, uh, which begin terrorizing and overtaking the bodies of these of these teenagers and causing complete havoc. It is an absolute B-grade film. It is stop motion uh, animations. It's not even it's not even practical effects. It's stop motion effects. Um, it is cheesy acting. It is bloody. It is just hilarious and it is a fantastic time it's not intended to be as a comedy in this one i don't think um the sequels which is really what the sequels it. really go into the yep. sequels really go into the comedy side this one's played a bit straighter with the cheesiness just coming unintentionally um but it's it, it's fun the deadites which kind of become these zombie type people um that take over the main characters normally when you see a zombie movie the zombies don't talk they have no personality these deadite zombies they're hollering insults. They're talking to the main characters the whole time. They're saying hilarious things, swearing at them, and it's just it's just a great horror film. The the woods around the, the around the actual cabin itself are, are um, become possessed as well. And a lot of the movie, which is also really cool, is that you sort of get a first person view of this these spirits or, or this unknown entity moving through the forest and 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 moving through the cabin. So yeah, it's really cool. It's it's really well done, and as a B grade horror film, it, in my opinion, it's it's classic eighties horror. It's it's exactly as you said, Westy. It's the cabin in the woods part of the cabin in the woods. You love it, I think, in my opinion. Well, I think Bruce Campbell's a great actor, and I've seen parts of of uh, this. Well, not a great. He's like a treasure. He's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. What he yeah, does. He's got his own style. He yeah. knows what he's doing. But like I, the, the rock. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but 
But yeah, I, it's one I wanted to see. All the sequels are available on streaming. The first one seems yeah. very hard to yeah. find. Yep. So in, yep. unless I go and buy it, I don't know how I'm going to watch this movie, but I want to watch it. Um, I play as Ash all the time in Dead by Daylight. Does that does that count? <laughs> but listen, I, I think that, yeah. I, I do own the movie yeah, on Blu-ray, and I'm going to give it to Westy to watch after I'm, I'm going to have to watch it for <laughs> sure. It, uh, yeah, it just seems like a fun ride without without seeing it and, and only seeing certain little footage. I think that it, it looks like a fun journey. I definitely want to watch it. So. Just don't expect it to be a perfect film. It is a yeah. B-grade horror film at its heart. That's why I've got movies like Friday the 13th for my list, yeah. part yeah, two. Exactly. I, I'm I all about the some fun. Of, some of the fun of horror, though, like you ex- you go in there expecting some movies to be like yep. a little bit silly and... and those are the kind of the movies that you watch with a group of friends on like a... Yeah, and this is a great one to watch with a group of friends. Yeah. So. What I will say is that the first four movies on my personal list were, you know, more fun movies, maybe not a quiet place, but the first the first six, so Exodus, the thing in my top four, I think are all um, like serious, but I think are pretty much masterpiece territory for me. So, Master. yeah, but uh, being a, having fun in a horror movie is something that, you know, that a lot of people have drawn to horror movies for. It's, it's what I'm drawn to horror movies for, to have fun when I'm yeah, watching them. And sure. it seems like a good example. So yeah, for great. Sure. I'm happy that you liked that one. I feel like I've pulled him back a little bit. <laughs> Not as so, pretentious, all right? All right so sorry. that was my number seven as 80s horror category. My next one is a movie that I know is going to be high on Westie's list. I'm pretty sure um, it is in the category of what I would call social commentary horror, right? based around social issues. And it is the... 2016 film written and directed by Jordan Peele. It is Get Out. It is higher on my list, that's yeah. for sure. Higher on my list as well. Wow. So we've got two. For, for people that. that thought we had nothing yeah. in common, we've at least got two movies that all three of us have. <laughs> nice. So nice. Crazy. All right, let's move on to your five. And my five is a movie I did swap around um, towards the last second. It's a movie I know that you, neither of you are probably going to have on your list. It is, again, another more modern film. I'd put it in the category of period piece horror so it's based around a different time period it's the 2015 film directed and written by robert eggars it is the witch starring anya taylor joyce i haven't seen this one joy sorry joy not joyce um i've I've watched it and it was very close to being on my list but it's not i seem to have seen all and all letters except decidious i have not seen many of yours but you know listen i've tried so if you want to talk about pretentious movies Mm. here's pretentious for you You're not going to like it. I know that for a fact when you watch it. it I think is you the... don't give me enough credit. Oh, just because I, I don't like a mother doesn't mean... I enjoy this. Yeah, I like artsy movies. There's just got to be something I'm into, something, I'm into, something that keeps my attention. Do you I like, like mother. Do you like... Uh, I like Hocus like... Pocus. I told <laughs> you to watch that movie. So, hey. <laughs> You're not anyway. in the top I just watched Hocus Pocus like 10 days ago. So anyway, for the first time ever. All right, so yeah, this movie... Uh, Stop Hocus Pocus with you out of 10. No. <laughs> this movie is what's called a New England folk tale. It is based around um, the... This, like witch, Salem witch trials. Kind of, but earlier. It's yeah. about the pilgrims yeah. at the very start of the American, you know, the American society, as you'd call it. And this this family gets outcast from their, from their village and they have to go and start their own their own sort of settlement away from um, away from normal society and basically yeah there's this idea that there's this this witch that is bringing uh, torment and um, bad luck to this family it's written in old English so it's it can be hard to understand at times until you sort of get used to it um, and it is yeah it's a slow burn film 
I don't really know what else to say about it. Eggars just builds this world perfectly. I felt like I you could almost be watching a documentary on like on this 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 New England type of time um, with these characters. Um, but then having this supernatural element of, of this witch behind it. They've got this really creepy two twins in the family that keep talking and singing songs about this, um, what was his name, Black Black Robert or Black yeah, Richard or someone Black, like that? Black Robert. Yeah, and um, Which... and it's really creepy. It's really well done. The The family starts turning in on themselves towards the end when bad things start happening. Well, they all start turning against... Thomason, which is Thomason, which is yeah the main character. Anya yeah, they Joy. start to believe that th- she is the witch that's caused these bad things to happen to the family, and these two little kids um, contribute to that. And it's just a really interesting look at a family in a specific time, a period of time that's different to our own, um, struggling to I guess survive, but then deal with this supernatural uh, entity that's occurring around them as well. So. Yeah, very artsy it's, though. It's a it's a great film, um, but yeah, it definitely is a is, is a slow burn kind of horror. Um, it's something that you don't really watch while you're having a few drinks with some friends or something. It's just something that you you definitely sit down and watch if you're really wanting to watch this kind of movie. Um, but Anya Taylor Joy, like in this movie, so this is I'm pretty sure like one of her first ever roles. This is the movie that kind of made her. Um, obviously, we all kind of know her from like. Um, the Queen's Gambit and and um what else she in New Mutants and then she's like going to be in that the last Soho movie this that came out this year um but she basically thought that she had ruined her entire career after she watched herself in this movie she thought she was terrible that she was never going to get any work ever again and honestly she really sells herself short she like she is makes this movie really like considering she's supposed to be the the oldest like sibling in this family that but being a woman she can't sort of help them out with any of the chores or anything she's expected to stick to like what women are meant to do in this time and then like some some of the scenes are just very hard to watch like there's a there's a few things that happens with with babies in this that are pretty um a bit messed up but yeah, it's definitely one that's worth watching. I wanted to check it out. For me, for me, as I said, horror horror is not my number one genre, so I don't know if I'm going to be rushing out to see this, but I probably will see it at some point in my life. Um, you know, yeah. as I said, I, I, the movies that I've found by watching a lot of these movies, I'd jump in, I'd like the, the classics that I, that I seem to love, and I'll reach out and jump. But me, when I watch horror movies... You know, when I'm not preparing for the list, I like watching them for more fun, and this one seems like it's very serious in tone. So it might be yeah. one I get to eventually. But um, I appreciate being on your list. It seems like a seems like a definitely an interesting watch to say the very least. So, yep. And that's your number five. Yep. All right. Top four is coming up next. All right, let's continue the list now. We're getting into the business end of the list. It's been a fun return show. I've been enjoying this. Uh, no letter. What's your number four? Okay, so my number four is a movie that was your number five, and that is The Thing. Still higher, Aaron, or is it? We good. Is, is it, it in, in this part? It's in this part. It's higher on my list. It's not in this part. Higher. It's not. It is just in this part. Ah, okay. Well, it's, Sorry, it's, it's in the part. It's just in this part. It's number two. It's number two. Yep. All right, let's talk about it. It's my number five. Noel's number four, and Aaron's number two. Noel, why don't you start us off? Um, so I actually only watched this movie today, 
Watch it yesterday. <laughs> for the first time. But I'd seen Aaron watching it as I was getting ready for work one time. And I was nearly late for work because I just kept watching these scenes and got so into it that I was like, I need to watch this movie. Um, I tossed up having this a bit higher um, on my list, but decided that the ones that I've got higher, I think, are just a bit have a bit more watchability to them. Um, basically, it's sort of set in in like Antarctica. Um, it's a, a group of researchers are, are living like remotely in Antarctica. Um, the movie starts with this helicopter sort of flying over the over the snow, trying to shoot this this dog, um, and then these group of like researchers run out trying to see what what the hell's going on, end up killing this Norwegian person, and from there they're kind of left wondering why he was acting the way that he was. Um, it turns out that the dog is sort of taken over by this alien creature um, which they refer to throughout the movie as the thing um, which the the thing is able to imitate shapes um, and then sort of feed off off of those I mean the best thing about this movie is the practical effects horror like modern horror just does not do this as well anymore um like i like fair enough like cgi is all good fun but i feel like cgi can be very dated good practical effects can last a lot longer and like this movie like there's this scene where the doctor is trying to restart the heart of one of the guys and his hand just falls through his chest and then like the chest opens up and, and rips off his hands and like that scene it was just the, the absolute highlight for me it was just phenomenal and i wish more movies still did practical effects for me this is john carpenter's masterpiece mm -hmm. out of all these movies that he's made i've only seen a few but uh yeah the iconic ones uh this one again it's it's one that's always mentioned in the top horror list but it's one that i think is still underrated to this day um in fact, a lot of people still haven't seen it. I only watched it for the first time yesterday. You only watched it for the first time today. So that just showcases that it needs to be seen by more people. It is a masterpiece of building suspense. And it's. I love my mystery movies. I love my whodunit movies. And this was right down my alley in terms of creating suspense. You don't know what's going to happen. The practical effects, as you mentioned, are amazing. They are just are used to great effect in this movie to provide scares. And in my opinion, they are some of the best practical effects of all time. Maybe only, maybe on equal terms to me with uh, the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and how they how they move the technology forward, mm. but the thing really, you know, continue to move it forward and it was great. And I think it, even this movie could have potentially inspired stuff like Little Shop of Horrors and, and, and stuff like that with its practical effects. So it is a great movie. Kurt Russell is fantastic. It's one of his best performances of his career. Um, I love the beard. It took him a year to grow, but I was like, this is a beautiful beard. Um, it is just the who done it, who is the blot, who's the yeah. thing, who's not the thing. It's just set up so well and it really just glues you to the to your to your screen, you're just watching it the whole time. You can't do anything else. It's just like I need to know what's going to happen here because you generally have no idea where the story is going to take you. And yeah, the suspect. This is every person that's making a horror movie should watch this mm -hmm. if they're trying to build suspense and learn 
from the craft from John Carpenter. The only negative things I'll say about this movie, and the only reason it's number five is probably because I've only seen it once and it's so fresh that some of these movies ahead of it are all-time movies for me. And, you know, this very well could be in that category, but, you know, it's, it's still fresh. And I probably need to rewatch it and, you know, grow to love it as much as some of these other movies, which I probably will in time because I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch this thing. But some of the only negatives I can say about the movie is that uh, some of the characters are one-dimensional. We don't get a huge amount of plot with them. But again, you're telling a two-hour story. You're trying to do as much as you can in terms of practical effects and, and, and you know changing the genre, which they've done so well. The other thing, um, there's two other things. Yeah, the start's a little bit slow, but once you get in, you get in for sure. Kind of like The Exorcist for me. The other thing, the guy that's trying to shoot the dog, the Norwegian, is the worst shooter in yeah. the world because he shoots about 25 bullets and doesn't connect <laughs> once. So, um, But yeah, I, it's a great movie. I love the ambiguous ending and, and how you don't know. I'm not going to spoil it for a lot of people that haven't seen it, but you don't know. And who knows, the, the, the video game might have answered it, but John Carpenter said it didn't. You've got, uh, I, in the original script, it was this way. He, he tells different answers. He told different answers depending on the year that some people asked him about what happened there um, but the, the reality is you're not supposed to know what happens it's yeah. it's supposed to be up left up in the air it's a great ending and um, yeah it's a it's an all-time classic and it deserves its spot on any person's top 10 horror list 100% um, so you could argue for me that this is this should have been in the adapted horror section because it's actually based on a book apparently called Who Goes There you could argue that it should have been in the sci-fi horror because it's about an alien and that creates sci-fi to me the category this falls under, as Wesley sort of touched on, was masterpiece. In my opinion, this is John Carpenter's magnum opus. This is the perfect horror film that he created. Yes, Wesley, there's some slight issues in that stuff uh, that you did yeah, mention. They're but, only slight. Yeah, exactly, slight. And, uh, yeah. and this is a movie that, you know, we just had that little talk about Alien versus Aliens. That's a movie that. That's Both the. That's us, the. This was the it, movie I was got, referring to. It's got to, everything. It's that, got. I think builds the suspense exactly. better. If you're but, an, yeah. if you're an Aliens fan, it's got action in there. If you're more of a fan of the suspense, you're an Alien fan who's going to enjoy this movie. Once you start, once this idea that this this the thing could be anyone or anything again, it's not just humans. It takes over dogs and other things like that. You start the suspense doesn't end from that point on. It's just a a wild ride from that point onwards. They're in this. Such and even the environment, they're in this cold, barren, isolated place in Antarctica where outside is just just snow and you're not going anywhere. You're stuck here with these people. You cannot go anywhere. And these are people that you can't trust. You can't even trust yourself almost half the time in this movie. And it's just it's I just it was almost my number one. Um and I just I love this movie. I love what it did. And you know what the best thing about it as well? And I know you two have probably haven't seen it. They did a remake of this film starring Ethan Hall. It's a prequel. It's a prequel? It's a prequel. Apparently, this is what I read because I was going to mention this. Apparently, it's about the Norwegian soldiers before it. That's what I heard. But it's still called The Thing. So the weird thing about it is that I watched the, the remake before the original. I really enjoy the remake as well. Okay. Yeah. The, yep. the, look, John Carpenter's one is, is much better. But So apparently, it's not you a remake. Got, well, so, okay, didn't yeah. know that. But yeah. yet, you know what, Sorry. guys? Watch the watch the watch the new one as well. It's it's honestly pretty fun to and it's the same concept, but it does a lot of the same tropes. But it's also done really well. So yeah, how and, good's the sacrifice oh, and he can't trust yeah. himself because in that scene where they're getting their blood tested to see mm, if they are yeah. the thing, they're looking at it like everybody else because they don't know if yeah. they're no, gonna be it's, exactly. It's just, it's, they're it's, not sure. Yeah, you yeah. can't trust yourself. <laughs> it's, it's it's done great and yeah, it's 
Speaking of which, before I watched this movie, so during lockdown, I've started watching The X-Files, just about done the first season. Me and my brother, it's a 25-episode season, never seen it before for such an iconic show. I'm like, it's time to go back and watch it. The ninth episode of this first season is a tribute, like yeah. a direct homage to this ep- uh, to this movie, and it's a, one of the best de- episodes of The X-Files known by a lot of people ever, and it's probably the best episode I've seen in The X-Files so far, and it's directly influenced by this movie. And uh, yeah, as I said, more people need to watch it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. All right, that was your number four, Nolsey. Yep. Um, okay, my number three is something we also mentioned before, which is Get Out. Which is my number four. Mm. And Aaron's number six. Yep. Okay, so um, Get Out, it was, came out in 2017, directed by Jordan Peele, his sort of, I'm pretty sure that's his directorial debut yes. as well. Yes, this is a feature film, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's only made two films. I think Us is the only other movie that he's yeah. directed yeah, he's, so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, basically, it's um, based around Chris, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. Yep, is that how you say yep. Yep. Definitely is. Um, who is African-American. Um, he's dating, what's her name, Rose? Is that her name? Um, I think it is Rose. Yep. Rose. Can confirm that it's Rose. And Thank you, IMDb. who is Caucasian. And she's taking Chris back to, to meet her parents for the weekend. Um, I mean, from the start of the film, they kind of seem pretty normal. They're, they're really nice, friendly people. Um, as sort of Chris is spending more and more time there, all of a sudden these weird things start showing like the 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 help i guess um the the cleaner and the um groundskeeper uh they start acting a bit he notices them acting a little bit strange um then he's invited to a sort of dinner party where all all these white people are there sort of meeting him like touching him sizing him up um, and then he runs into um, Lakeith's character. Lakeith Stanford. Yep. Yep. Um, Who's fantastic. Who's absolutely actor. incredible. Yep. Um, so I think his name is Andre in this. So they run into him, and he's the real, real, like he's kind of like the catalyst for everything that kind of switches this movie on its head, um, like. The way John Peel has created this movie, like you've got this whole idea of, like I don't know, like so in so many movies about race and things like that, you you get like the whole the white savior sort of trope, and I feel like this kind of takes that trope and then sort of switches it on its head. Like you've you've got this family that are all like white liberals, and and they're the kinds of people that would actively go out and sort of like vote for for like Barack Obama and stuff like that but then they're they're doing these these weird things to like African American people yep but oh, it's just an abs like thinking about it again it's just one of those movies that really just I know it kind of opens opens your eyes to a lot of things for me this is the best movie horror movie in the 21st century it's one of the best horror movies of all time and it's one of the most important movies we've got in the last 10 years and I think everybody should go out and see it if you haven't you've hit on all the notes about the plot and one of the 
I did not know what to expect heading into this movie, and the performance by Daniel Kaluuya is fantastic. There is one scene in particular that I want to highlight where he is trying to get out of the house and he's telling her to give him the keys and the family's all there. It's one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen in any movie. It's a great scene. The fact that these, you know, white privileged members of society are auctioning off African-Americans to take their bodies, essentially. I mean, this is a spoilers podcast and use them, um, you know, their you know, whether they're good athletes or whatever, and use their bodies for their own to, to keep living. And it's just a, it's a crazy story. It's a creatively, like, genius, this yeah. this plot from Jordan Peele. It's, it's fantastic. like that, um, really. You know, you, you, we've got Lakeith Stanfield that's great in the supporting role. We've got his friend Rod Williams that comes and saves the day at the end. That's fantastic. The, you know, the hypnotized scene where she really gets in his head is intense and... For me, this is just one of those movies that will stand the test of time. Everybody talks up Black Panther. Black Panther's a really good movie in terms of how important it is about, you know, um, you know, racism and, and stereotypes. And It is a great movie, Black Panther. And it, it got nominated for Best Picture. It got nominated for all this thing. For me, this is a more important film. This is a movie that I think should have got more recognition when it came out and should have been very much in... I know it got nominated for Best Picture, but I don't think it was ever seriously considered to win that award. And I think that it's such an important movie and such a, a great movie that it was potentially one of the best movies that came out that year. It was 2017, so obviously I'm going to go Logan because I love that movie. But Get Out is up there. Um, it, it's more important than Logan, that's for sure. As I said, it's just a classic. It'll. It's already a classic. It's going to stand the test of time. And Daniel Kaluuya... He's great in Black Panther. Um, I hope he go, goes and do, does more things because um, it is it should be and should have been an award winning performance um, in this movie for sure for me. So, well, if it wasn't obvious why this movie would be under the social issues horror or social horror genre for me, then Nolsey touched on it pretty well. It it that's all it's based around. It's based around social issues of, of race and, and racial issues. Other movies that do this um, do sort of uh, similar social issues would be like The Purge is a horror, but this movie, Get Out, is pretty much perfect in what it's trying to accomplish. It is, it is disgusting in terms of the characters that you that these white characters and how they're treating the the you know um, the, the African American characters in this film. It's it's a knockout for a for a first film from Jordan Peele as a writer and director. Um, I have nothing bad to say about it. Um, it's the only thing you could say is that, and Westy, you said at the start, is it a horror or is it a thriller? I I think that the horror elements, there's definitely it's. Obviously, I agree, it's a horror. Cause yeah. It's on my list, obviously. I think that I think that the thriller? thriller elements are equal to the horror movie, maybe yep. horror, maybe a little bit more. But there's enough horror for me yeah. to definitely classify it as a horror. Right. In this movie is what the people are yeah. doing. Exactly, that's yeah. what's horrifying. Yeah. That's yeah. what's exactly. disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, I don't have anything to add. You guys have nailed it on the head. I think it's a great film, and you must watch it as someone who's able to watch a mm -hmm. movie. Well, that was your number three, my number four, and your number six, Aaron Noletta. What do you have as your number two? Uh, my number two is actually John Carpenter's Halloween. Ah. We, we get to it. I thought it was going to be on someone's <laughs> list, but I was starting to think that it wasn't going to be. So, um, yeah. I mean, we consider the 2018 there. Me and Nolita's lists are pretty similar, yeah, surprisingly, know, yeah. in terms of movies. Yeah. Got a fair few in common. We do, we do. Aaron, on your list? 
Uh, no, no. The original, the Halloween is not on my list, but I was hoping it would be on someone else. Please. So I'm happy. No <laughs> not a problem. Let's get into it. Um, so with this, I kind of tossed and turned whether having I was going to have the thing in this spot or if I was going to have Halloween. But the reason why I've got Halloween as number two is because I feel like it is more watchable. Um, just in terms of like the whole of what you expect a horror to be. It's everyone coming together, like having like like popcorn with friends or having like a movie night with friends. You can sit down, put on like this Halloween and you're get, just going to have a great time watching it. I, that's the only reason why I've got it put higher than The Thing. I personally think The Thing is a better movie. You said you're going to have The Thing at number three, but why is Get Out in number three? Or number two? So you, you said that you're going to have it high, The Thing high, but you've got Get Out yeah. higher than The Thing. I know. I'm so confused right now. I was now. going to have two. The Thing <laughs> as number two and then decided to have it as number four. But over the Get Out, which yes, you still I have over Get the Get Out thing. still deserves to be Listen, your lists three, are confusing right? me, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm thinking. Okay, sure. Um, okay, so basically um, this movie is around Michael Myers, who when he is a kid murders his sister and then is locked away for 15 years and the night before Halloween he escapes. Um, and goes back to his hometown where on the night of Halloween he decides to start terrorising people. Um, He basically sees Laurie, who is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and the kid that she is looking after, and it reminds him of himself and his sister uh, so many years ago, so he decides that he is basically going to terrorise them. Um, this is a rare horror movie that I've actually watched quite a few times, uh, because I enjoy it so much. Um, like the, the roles, like the acting in this, like Jamie Lee Curtis is just absolutely phenomenal. And I also really love the fact that when you take off Michael Myers mask, he is a normal looking person, which is just so different to other sort of horror films where the, the especially in that time yeah, yeah the killer has some sort of deformity i guess is normal 70s and 80s in particular even yeah. 90s yeah. they had a scar or yeah. some sort yeah. of yeah. yeah it was a it was a trope and so I, I i love that he can't he looks like this normal everyday person that you would happily like say hi to on the street and i think that's very telling to what actual serial killers are like when you look at the likes of like ted bundy and and things like that. They're, they're these normal looking people who do these horrific things. They just have like no emotion towards any of this. And I feel like this is one of those rare movies that really looks at a proper serial killer. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a great movie. I, as I said, I was really struggled between that and the, and the um, 2018 movie, which I wanted to put on my list. I went for the 2018 because you have the more of the connection between the killer and and Hurt Laurie and Michael Moyes but it is a great movie it's got one of the best soundtracks of all time it's cool of all time it's just that music is that's is fantastic um yeah the whole teenager thing it it obviously takes its time to build up and it builds suspense great um you know I don't know if it's building suspense as well as the thing but it's just a great slasher movie my only issues is that yeah he's a normal person it's it's great a lot of the for about half this movie, he's driving around the car, stalking around corners and stuff. Building suspense, fantastic. 
But when I go into a slasher movie, I'm looking for more of the the action rivalry, just personally. As I said, it's a great movie. It's a great... It, it created and perfected the slasher genre. Um, but yeah, I just... I just like the the more personal stakes of 2018's Halloween because here she doesn't know who he is. It's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a great movie and it's it's well-directed. The ending kind of is a little bit strange for me as well, how he disappears. It's a good ending. I like how he kind of goes out to the night. But it's a little bit jarring where it just suddenly ends like that. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of some of the, like the psychiatrist guy trying to find him and at the wrong house all the time. I just feel like... It's a movie of its time in all the best ways, but it's still a movie of its time. But it is a classic, so. Yeah, it's a great film. Um, and the reason, I guess, I had to decide between The Thing and this movie because I only wanted to put one John Carpenter on my on my list. Um, but I wanted The Thing because I just think The Thing does it does build suspense and maintain suspense and horror for a much longer time. Um, <clears throat> I guess if you wanted to, if you're someone who's not really a fan of gore like i know some people who don't really like gore and blood and things like that yeah which you you know this might be your preferred movie over the thing because the thing does delve into body horror whereas halloween as i sort of having a chat with you today westy we talked about it blood's not really shown in this movie there's one instance and it's very minor where the guy's behind like uh his car and they don't find the guy that mohammed is murdered and there's a little bit of blood stained down his shirt so So that's about it it. it's interesting that it's not a very a violent horror film but it does horror very well um yeah it does have dips and lulls um which you know he's not going to nail it out of the park on his first one um Fantastic. But it's a it's a fantastic horror. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm just saying there are some tiny lulls. When I say the 2018 movie is more brutal, I feel like in the 2018 version that is more unstoppable of a figure. Here he kind of, a little bit like Jason in the Friday 13 movie, he kind of struggles to kill some people. He's still like, figuring he's str- it out. Yeah, he's still figuring it out. But yeah. that's that's a negative or a positive, depending on how you look at exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. But in 2018, he's definitely more of an unstoppable sort of killer. Yeah, yeah no, the, but, um, as we talked about, the soundtrack is phenomenal. And those uh, pan shots that John Carpenter does where it moves from one side of the street across the front lawn, across the street to the next um, the next front front of the house. Yeah. It's iconic. It's it's great. And yep. it's, you know, it's a great Halloween movie to watch. Sweet. Awesome. Well, that was your number two. My number three may or may not be on either one of your lists. It is a classic. It is The Shining. Mm. It's not on my list. I was so close to putting it on, though. And it's not on my list, though it pains That's me. That's a huge call by both of you, but it definitely is on mine. It uh, is a classic. It's a great film. A lot of people know the plot of The Shining. It's basically a family led by Jack Nicholson's character, Jack Torrance, heads to the Overlook Hotel where they're going to watch it for the winter. Jack Torrance is a writer, um, but he's slowly turning into insanity again. Uh, the Overlook Hotel has a, has a way of bringing out the worst in people. It's got a bunch of... It's a very horrific hotel with a bunch of... uh, It's basically a haunted hotel with a bunch of kind of nightmares in it. And the family has to navigate it while, you know, they're seeing things. They're not really talking to each other. Each each member of the family kind of goes on their own journey in this movie. They're kind of disillusioned from each other. And in particular, Jack is slowly going crazy by everything that's happening in the house. That leads to a giant, uh, a huge conclusion where he's got the axe, he's trying to kill his family. In particular, um, he really has a problem against his wife, Wendy Torrance, played by Shelley Devore, who's over the top in the best way in this movie. Her performance um, is legendary in terms of someone showing fear. It's some of the most fear you ever see in any actor in your life. 
Um, but yeah, Stanley Kubrick for me, I haven't seen a huge amount of his films, but this is a masterpiece. There's so much um, symbolism. There's so much imagery in this movie um, that conveys other messages. And it's got a great performance uh, by Jack Nicholson leading it all off. And there's a reason why this is known as one of the greatest movies of all time and one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And I frankly can't believe it's on any one of your lists. Look, it's, it was very close to being on my list, but um, I don't know. I'm just not a fan, massive fan of Stephen King. Even I, though he's like considered as one of the greatest horror writers of all time, I don't know, I just feel like... It's funny you mention that because Stephen King did not like his movie, is that right? He didn't like it because he, the big problem that Stephen King had with his movie is that in, the char- in his novel, Jack slowly turns to madness... In this movie, he already is a terrible yeah. father and he seems like he's already a bit crazy at the start of this thing. But you say that, you know, you're not a huge fan of Stanley King. Even if you don't like his work, this movie has some of the greatest horror images of all time. The tidal wave of blood, yep. the twins, yep. yeah. the maze, the axe, the axe. There's yeah. just, it's just, it ho- yeah. it's just going to be forever play, remembered. Make Westy a dull boy. Exactly. <laughs> so, continue. What, what do you, do you just don't, you're just not a fan? Oh, look, I, I do. I really enjoy the movie. It's just been a while since I've watched it, um, which is probably why, I don't know, maybe if I did rewatch it again now, it probably would. I probably would have pushed something else off of this and put that on. Um, but, yeah, like, it is... There are so many iconic scenes in this movie, and Jack Nicholson is just absolutely incredible. Um, it's a role he was born to play. He yeah. seems that over the top in real yeah. life. It was just, yeah. Was he even acting in this thing? <laughs> Aaron, what do you think? I've seen some scenes of him hyping himself up for the act scene, um, and it is crazy. I feel sorry for the actress. Shelley Duvall. Oh, yep. having to do with him on scene. He's literally just talking to himself, getting himself. The director so was really psyching her out yeah, during Stanley it. Stanley Kubrick's known yeah. for that too. Yeah. He's known for really getting into his actors' heads and really uh, doing that, not treating them well, but you know, getting the best out of them. So, he definitely did, yeah. but it yeah, obviously 100%. scarred um, Shelley Duvall for a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't actually have any negatives to say about this movie. It has very a lot of hidden details that are great to go back and watch again um this is a movie where once you finish watching it go back and go to youtube and just type in hidden details in the shining and you'll find all these cool little tiny things you didn't even notice were happening the first time you watched it and then you watch it again and you notice them it's so cool so the only reason it's not on my list because i was hoping that someone else would talk about it i didn't think westy would mention it but because you've mentioned so many times you hate the fact that jack nicholson is Already insane. I don't like that part, but yeah. it still is a great yeah. movie. And yeah, good. No, awesome. I'm, I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I sold you. <laughs> I sold you once a pop vinyl of Jack Torrance, and I'm like, come it on, a, it's got to be an Aaron. It list. is still in my room. It is a chase version of him frozen, which is my least favorite part of the movie. I don't like that it just ends in a random run through the uh, maze uh, with him just freezing to death due to insanity, being confused, whatever. It's the one downside to the movie. The rest of it, I can see that. I, I like. I also really I like. enjoy the sequel, Doctor Sleep. I'll I'll give that a uh, bit of a shout out. I think it's a good sequel. It's a very different movie, but I think it's yeah. a, a pretty good sequel. I do not like the sequel. Okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. So. All right. Well, that was my number three. On that note, uh, my number two is again. If it's I don't know how it's not on your list. Obviously, uh, I know one of Aaron's last three. I don't know what Noah's number one is, but it's Psycho for me. Number two. Mm-hmm. And this is where the horror versus thriller argument really comes into play. All right, well, we're going to get into it. I think we're going to get into the horror versus thriller argument in my top two, to be honest. But yeah, uh, listen, this movie is 
horror to the max, my friends. Let me tell you, it is a terrifying movie. For starters, Psycho is, without a doubt, Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece yep. film. Um, it is a great movie. It's basically two different movies tied into one, which is really amazing because you've got um, the protagonist at the start, Janet Leigh, who is the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis, which, you know, they're both iconic horror characters. They both play. But uh, Marion Crane slowly kind of... Well, not slowly, pretty quickly in this movie, actually. She kind of steals a bunch of money from the bank that she works with. She kind of really goes off the rails. Buys a car. Yeah, she just wants to just do what she wants to do. Doesn't worry about the consequences. Leave. She's, you know, trying to dodge the law. She's doing a bunch of stuff. It's it's a crazy start to the movie um, and doesn't really have anything to do with horror, to your point. But then they get to the Bates Motel and she meets Norman and Norman's a guy that seems nice, but he's got a lot of issues. You can just tell that there's something not right about Norman. She, then you have the iconic shower scene, which is one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Um, the blood dripping down, Marion gets killed. This is really where the movie becomes just terrifying. That scene itself is one of the greatest shot-directed scenes of all time. Hitchcock knows what he's doing and does it fantastic. Uh, Marion's sister, uh, Lila, comes into it. She comes into it with Sam, and they kind of investigate what happened to her, which leads them to Norman and leads to the big reveal that Norman kind of... He was taking orders from his mother this whole movie. Um, his mother that's seriously got some issues by the look of it. His mother's dead, and he is Norma Bates. He has dressed himself as Norma Bates. He's gone that psychotic and off the trail that he's just become a cold-blooded murderer. And, man, the the... Everything that's going through Norman Bates' head in this movie, there's so much depth to the actions he does, um, the choices that he's making based on whether he's Norman or Norma. And man, that image, there's two images. The first of the the uh, psychiatrist that he kills falling down the stairs sort of deal. Iconic scene. The shower scene is iconic, but the terrifying image of him dressed up as Norman Bates <laughs> will haunt people for life. It haunts my sister for life. Um, she's terrified by it. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. Um, it's a true story, just like American Psycho, of a psychopath, um, or psychopath, you may say. But, <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it just shows you someone that um, has some serious mentally disturbing, you know, personality, and he's got he's very disturbed. And yeah, I mean. It is terrifying in all those ways, and for me, it may be a thriller, but there's definitely huge horror elements that overtake the thriller for me, especially in the second yeah. half of the movie. Yeah. Do you think it's horror? Yes. Yes? And okay. the reason why, and it's something that I, because my number one, which obviously I haven't gotten to, is something that's kind of a bit questionable either as well, like it could be horror, it could be thriller. Um, and I sort of, the reason why I ended up putting it there and why I believe Psycho is a horror is this quote that I that I read somewhere saying that true horror shows the monster in men, and then you've got the other side where you've got actual monsters mm. in horror, and I feel like Psycho is just something that that does show the monster of in in men so well, and that's why it, it deserves to be recognised as a horror. Yep. Was there a reason yeah. why it wasn't in the top ten? Um, just because I. I personally have more of a connection to, to birds. The birds. Yeah. Okay. The birds is a great movie as yeah. well, but I think it's his but I still and I only watched Psycho for the first time the start of this year. 
I'm pretty sure yeah. it was. Yeah, we so. did. Yeah, watch it together. According to yeah. my sister and a bunch of people, Bates Motel's really supposed to be really good as well. Yeah. So, but I haven't I've seen that TV show. Aaron? Me and Ozzy bought the 60th anniversary edition of the movie, watched it in the the original director's vision, um, and loved this movie. Mm. Wow. What a... What a I, it could have been made yesterday, as I said yeah. earlier. It, it literally... Holds up. It, it holds up so on. well. It doesn't have those tiny issues of social problems that the, the, the birds had, but we talked about, you know, the, no. the sort of gender identity stuff. Not at all. Um, it's just... It's awesome. Um, yes, it is kind of a horror in the last 20 minutes. Um, it's mainly a thriller. What about when he murders her in cold yes, blood? I know. And but burying people in the backyard yes, of the I, hotel. I know, I, I know okay. that, but it's... You could, I mean, look. It's psychological horror. Exactly, yeah, psychological it horror. Yeah. It's a different type of horror. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm saying it's a horror, a thriller horror. Okay. Thriller comes first, horror comes second. Okay. Um, I don't have a, I genuinely don't have a bad thing to say this movie. That main actor mm. is so good. He's yep. so good. He uh, um, even came back for sequels 20 years later that I never watched. I would but, never bother uh, watching them because yeah. that first movie, you yeah. don't perfect. need that's how you read it. Anthony yeah. Perkins. And yeah. he was quite a typecast as kind of a Norman Bates character for his career, but that's because he was so iconic in his role. So Yeah. yeah. Um, why I didn't include on my list, I've just got other things I'd prefer to talk about. And to be honest, I kind of knew Westy would put it on because we've had this discussion about the horror thriller thing for Psycho probably 20 times now. So, and yeah. every time I'm right. Great. I'm, I'm so happy to talk about it, but it's a great film. If you haven't watched it, wow, what a fantastic classic mm. that just holds up so well. All right, what's your number three, Aaron? So my number three is, sorry, it is, um, oh, number, four. number four, sorry. Number yeah. four, sorry. Number, number four, four is a movie that Westy definitely haven't, doesn't, def, Westy definitely hasn't watched and I forced him the letter to watch and I don't know if she liked it or not. It's in, in the category of independent horror. So it's an indie oh, horror slash, indie. yeah, slash, uh, slash international horror, you could say. It's very, very pretentious as Westy likes to say. It is a film called Under the Skin starring Scarlett Johansson. Directed by Jonathan Glazer or Glazer. Um, so I randomly watched this movie one night, having just seen it on a random like list of people being like, oh, movies you should probably check out once in your lifetime. It is it is about... I'm not just going to spoil the movie because if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it. If you're not going to watch it, you're not going to watch it. It's about basically a character that is Scarlett Johansson taking over the body of a dead Scarlett Johansson. Right? That's how it starts. She then starts traveling through Ireland or Scotland, Nolsey. It's one or the other. Um, um, yeah, somewhere in And the starts UK. just picking up men and taking them back to a building that is complete darkness. And you sort of get this idea that she's like trapping men, um, hunting them. The men are seen as seen, like portrayed to be like pigs who want her for only for sexual reasons and stuff like that. But she starts. She meets this disabled guy who, and picks him up who doesn't really. You know, he wants more of a connection and he's never really touched a, a woman before. Um, and so they sort of have a little bit of a bond and she decides to let him go. And this is when the movie really changes. And she lets this, this man go. But in the background, there's this other male character that is tracking her and tracking the people that she kills. And it sort of, the movie sort of, explains itself a bit more in that it's actually that Stella Johansson is an an alien from a, like we don't know where from we don't know what what she is or, or where she came from and that the whole point of these sort of beings is that they they take people they capture them inside of this sort of weird black darkness suck their life force and everything but their their skin from them 
um, and use that for some specific reason. It just follows this character, Scarlett Johansson's alien, deciding that maybe I should try and live like these people that I'm trying to kill all the time. She tries food but can't eat it. She tries um, being a nicer person but ends up getting sort of attacked and assaulted. Um, and it ends with literally her character getting her skin ripped off of her body and we see what these true alien forms are they're this they're this skinless just black void that are yeah almost featureless um so it's really more you sort of really sort of learn towards the end of it that it's more about this this creature trying to learn what it's like to be a human and then getting faced with the reality of what it's like to be a human if you're a fe if you're an attractive beautiful female woman and you're by yourself in the world. Life sucks. Life is not going <laughs> to... Yeah, life, unfortunately, can be quite horrific and quite sad. So, yeah, it, it is very artsy, very independent. But this movie just hit different for me when I watched it. I, I really enjoyed it. And for someone who wasn't a big fan of ScarJo from the start, um, before I watched it, this changed my opinion of her as an actress completely. Yeah. Just like Coke Zero, it hits different. <laughs> <laughs> You've got something relevant uh, to say, so yeah, I'm talking about oh. Coke No Sugar. Um. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is just absolutely phenomenal in this movie. I mean, the, the weird thing is a lot of it, like the start of this movie is literally just her in, in a van, just driving, driving around, picking people up, and she barely speaks throughout like the start of it. Actually, throughout the whole movie, she barely speaks. Not really. Yeah, it's more like, yeah, you're more observed yeah. people around her. And like just... Honestly, if you've ever had any doubts about her as an actress, this movie will change your mind. Like, she's just absolutely phenomenal. I think phenomenal. she's always been a pretty good yeah, actress. Yeah, I've always enjoyed She's a, I've in blockbusters, but yeah. I think that's not her fault, the script yeah. sometimes. But yeah. I, I think she's brilliant, but as Aaron said, he, he never did like It just showed her, her depth as, yeah. as an actress. She yep. can really do some interesting things. Um, but yeah, this movie is definitely very niche. Um, yeah. It's something that you're either going to really love or you'll probably hate. Where did you stand on? I really liked oh, it, okay. yeah. I really sure. liked it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely something that I feel like a lot of people might, if they started watching it, you, it, you do have that chance where you might get a bit bored by it. Yeah, very slow. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. it does seem very cheaply shot as an independent horror film would yeah. seem. Well, that's your number three. I'm not going to say I'm going to watch it. It could be watching my life. I'm not going to do an all letter and go, oh, I'm going to check that out. And she never checks it out like she did all of season one of this show. But oh, season two, I it's a new new season, new Nolsey. Um, so <laughs> number three is your Under the Skin. What's your number? No, number four is not Under the Skin. What's yep. your number three? Number three is a in the category of comedy horror. It is a film uh, released in 2014. It is the best comedy horror ever created over Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is not the best horror comedy. I didn't have Shaun of the Dead because I don't classify right. it as a horror. Okay, interesting. So that's, right. that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I, I will include a horror comma because that's what I wanted to do. Yep. Um, a comedy horror song, a horror comma. Um, <laughs> it is What We Do in the Shadows. Horrity. Written and directed by Jermaine Clement and uh, Taika Waititi. Also starring Taika. Um, this movie is so much yes. fun. It is awesome awesome <laughs> um it basically is a mockumentary revolving around the a house of three vampires one of them being taika the other two uh being two other pretty well-known actors i'm sorry i can't say their names right now i can't really remember but um they're also great 
Uh, and basically, it's just a mockumentary about vampires living together in the modern world. Um, they try, they want to go out to nightclubs, but guess what? You can't go into a nightclub if you're a vampire, because someone has to invite you inside of inside of the nightclub. So they can only go to one really crappy nightclub the entire time that's known for vampires. They have to deal with each other, uh, trying to clean up each other's dead bodies and bloody dishes because, well, again, they're vampires. That's what they do. That is leave their stuff lying around. So yeah, it's, um, it's a great horror comedy that is set in New Zealand. And, um, the best thing about it is if you really enjoy this movie, it's actually got its own TV show that's, uh, two TV shows actually that spawn off of, off of it. Um, one of them is called Paranormal Activity, which I haven't watched yet, um, which is based around the, the cops that show up for a brief moment in the movie. And the next one is What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series. It's got three seasons now. The third season is currently streaming um, that follows three different vampires, though it does tie into the same universe as the movie. Um, and again, we get some awesome characters of these new vampires um, in America as opposed to being in New Zealand. So yeah, it's a great film. I can't praise it enough. And it's a great movie to watch by yourself with friends. Hell, if you don't, if you don't really feel like watching anything else, Look up a drinking game for what we do in the shadows and watch it with a drinking game and just have a great Halloween night with some horror comedy. It's a great film. Yeah, like I, I absolutely love this movie and the only reason why it's not on my list is because I mostly went for like the more traditional style horror sort of things. Um, but this, like honestly, this movie is that funny. Um, it really showcases Taika at his absolute best. Um, and I mean, like if you sort of follow like Flight of the Concords as well, you kind of know that like Jermaine Clement, um, who is also absolutely incredible in this. And like the best thing is that the TV show is just as good as the movie. So that is 100% worth watching as well. It's just absolutely hilarious. Um, but I like it really goes to show like the sort of, I don't know, the goings-on between, like, vampires and werewolves and just how much they, they kind of hate each other. And and then also you've got, like, the the uh, humans that are there, that are, that are their familiars and that are trying to become vampires and doing everything they possibly can. And, I mean, they are almost the... I guess they're the kind of heart of, of this movie as well. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just a really fun movie. It's real like, it's so worth watching. I mean, I from what I hear, uh, the TV show is fantastic. That's what I hear a lot of these days. I haven't seen this movie. So um, I'm a fan of Taika. Without seeing the movie, I've, I've seen a bit about it. And I'd argue that it's not a horror movie. But we'll have that, that conversation we can have another time. We said it's up to you and your uh, interpretation. I'd say, personally, again, I haven't seen it. So I can't 100% speak about it. But what I will say that it seems to very much lean on much more on the comedy side, which is why I didn't have something like Shaun of the Dead on my list. Shaun of the Dead's a fantastic movie. I Even though it's got the zombies and horror elements in it, I wouldn't consider that a horror movie. So that's where I kind of... And you had the same argument with Psycho, but for me, this movie, in my opinion, is less of a horror movie than Psycho is. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's the comedy horror first, but um, yeah. It's a movie that whenever I get a chance to recommend either a horror or a comedy to someone, I say watch what we do in the shadows sure not a problem with that was you're free and we already know you too and that was the thing so we're about to get into our number one before we do so what do you guys think we're gonna get straight into it what do you think do you don't say what you think but do you think you know what each other's number one is aaron do you think you know what me and nolita's number one is 
No, I haven't really been paying much te- enough attention to either of you. So. I, okay. I know Aaron's because we had one similar that hasn't been Yeah, so do about. I then. Yeah, I, yeah. I did realise Aaron's, which we're going to have a conversation about. But uh, yeah, all right, well, it's, you don't know mine? No. I don't know what yours is either, but I know obviously now I know what Aaron's is. So um, Awesome, all right, let's get into your number one. Nolsey, what is your top horror movie of all time? Okay, so my number one movie is something that is kind of a bit like Psycho. Um, there could be some arguments that it is more of a thriller or a sci-fi compared to a horror. But as I said before, it is really about like the true horror within the mon- like making mon- monsters of men really. Um, and so, pardon? No worries, continue. <laughs> and so, <laughs> my number one movie is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Well, I'm glad that you had it because it was a contender for mine to list, but it didn't make it. So, okay. I'll say about it. Aaron? It's, oh, it's not on my list. No, oh, obviously, obviously it's not. not. Yeah, obviously yeah. it's not. You've seen it though. Yeah, it's a, yeah I've seen it. Right. So, not only is this my number one horror movie, this is probably up there in one of like my most favorite movie of all time i absolutely love this movie um i guess it's a spiritual sequel to cloverfield obviously um i mean you can can't you can watch this without having watched cloverfield um the only thing you really need to know is that there's aliens in in the world basically that have come down and and are destroying the planet um but this movie starts with Michelle, played by Mary Winstead, I think her name is. Um, she leaves her her partner, um, and then as she's trying to run away, she gets into a car accident and wakes up and finds herself locked in this underground bunker. Um, and she, as she's in this underground bunker, she's being told that the the world above is basically uninhabitable, um, that there's poisonous gas in, in the air and that there are things that have come down and that are killing people, basically. Um, but the, the way that this sort of becomes a horror is in the way that uh, John Goodman portrays the character of Howard Stambler. So at first you sort of see his character and you think, oh, it's this really nice, happy, like kind, kind man who's gone out of his way to sort of help, help this woman in a car accident. And then as the movie goes on, you kind of discover that he was the one who, who caused her car accident. He was following her beforehand. And when like the character of Michelle starts to, to discover this, she starts to question whether the things on like above ground are actually as he is saying. Um, but then as she goes to try to escape, she sees someone who's running towards her that whose skin is all burnt and, and things. So it kind of, she starts to think, oh, hang on, maybe he's telling the truth. But then her and the other guy that's stuck in here with her Emmett, try to escape and then basically all hell breaks loose and this this nice man that you think like that you think is is helping them ends up being this horrific sort of manipulator and he is basically psychotic as well um 
like this this movie just really like it add I don't know like it, it shouldn't really even be compared to part of the Cloverfield Cloverfield universe because I feel like it's so far above the rest of the movies. Yeah, Westy's there shaking his head. You don't. You don't. I, I'm a big fan of Ten Cloverfield Lane, and it was almost on my list. I'm glad it's on your list. I think the original Cloverfield's a really good movie too. So I'll hit back a little bit. It's not as good as this movie, but I think Cloverfield One's really good. The Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I mean, what they managed to do with this movie, shifting the monster, the action monster movie, um, survival apocalypse movie of Cloverfield and really shifting it on its head and making it into a, a drama horror movie was a, um, an unexpected turn for the series and it was a really good turn. I've only seen this movie once so I'm going back from my prior experiences but Mary Elizabeth Olsen is great in this movie. She's a great actress when she's got good material to work with unlike something like Birds of Prey. She's really good in this movie. John Goodman is fantastic mm-hmm. uh, as... Emmett, uh, not Emmett, sorry, as Howard, who is, um, you know, he, 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 as you find out during the movie, you find out the true nature of him, but the man in the bunker that's actually a psychopath. Um, Emmett, the, the scene that really gets me in this movie is the acid scene. Yeah. It's one of the most intense scenes you'll, you'll see in a horror movie. I think it does classify as a horror. I really like it. it. As I said, it almost made my list. I do think that the ending's a little bit weak for me, and... Um, you know, when she gets out of the bunker and everything that happens there. But it is a great movie, led by great performances. I'm very shocked that it's your number one because I think that there's movies that have done the suspense better, like The Thing and, st- and stuff like that. But in a personal story in that bunker, um, the story told is fantastic. And the whole thing of, did he have a daughter? Did he abduct this yeah, girl to be girl. his daughter? Um, it's, it's, it's a great story once it gets told. And... Um, you know, it's, it's a shame, in my opinion, that it looks like this will never get continued on because the ending's a little bit of a cliffhanger for me. So it is a... It's... Yeah, it's... Not what you'd consider a traditional horror movie, but it's definitely a traditional horror movie. It's just a weird... It's uh, In terms of being a movie, it's a weird kind of instalment in a franchise that looks like it's never going to continue, but it is a great thrill on its own. As you said, it could be a great standalone movie. And yeah. I, I think that the performances very much carry this movie and the concept's really good. I just think it stumbles a little bit now and then. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird. It, it's you know you say it's a weird movie, but the whole franchise is weird. You've got yeah. the original found footage Cloverfield. You've got this sort of more uh, contained uh, psychological thriller horror movie, and then you've got that sci-fi yeah, movie that I sort of don't really remember. Yeah, that I didn't yeah. really sort remember much about. So this movie def- definitely benefits from the fact that it was a big. Uh, uh, deviation from the original movie yep. and that it wasn't all over the top. It Did you like contained. the original movie? Oh, I watched it, it once. Okay. I watched it when it found footage was like the new big thing that all movies were doing. Okay. So I, I really yeah. want to go back and watch it. I'll probably do it whatever year it came out. I'll 2008, probably, I think. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. do that on my rewatch that I'm doing now. Yep. So I'll probably, sure. I might go and watch that again. So that'll yep. be good. Um, it, it could also be called 10 Red Herring Lane because the movie has that many red herrings constantly. It flips... It's constantly shifting your idea of what's actually happening back and forth. You're telling the truth. Is he lying? Um, which is cool. Uh, you may kind of get sick of that by the end, though. And yeah, at the very end, the spaceship thing is kind of dumb. See, um, I don't think in it's terms of how dumb. it built up. Yeah, I don't, it kind of comes out of that way. Yeah, like it's kind of like, oh, okay, there's alien spaceships now. Turns out you're right, the guy in yeah. the bunker, yeah, but yeah. Like, exactly. nothing that's, comes that's from it. It's just I a mean. weird I sequence like, of events. Yeah. I but I mean, like, I can see why you, you might like it. If it, at least maybe it was building up to something correct. It's just that, yeah, it is 
a lot of red herrings one after the other um but i like it i, I, I mean i still enjoy the movie it's good i think it's a great yeah. character study oh, it's, 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 it'd be a great play maybe yeah it would at least the first be. bit before they get out of the bunker yeah all right well that was your number one 10 cloverfield lane we're gonna go to my number one now and it's i'm ready to argue um whether it's a horror movie or not it is jules okay. one of the greatest movies in my opinion of all time the original blockbuster movie Directed by Steven Spielberg, released in 1975. Jaws is a great movie, standalone. And you can consider it an action, you can consider it an adventure, you can consider it a thriller, but I definitely consider it to be a horror movie. This is a movie that scared people away, like my mother, for example, from the water for 40 years. And my mother as well. You name a movie that has had any horror movie that has had that sort of impact yeah. on someone, it they, they, none exist. Um, the movie Monster is there and he's, he's terrifying. You never know when he's going to pop up, the, the shark. The start of this movie shows him brutally murdering a teenage girl and then he murders a child, the, the shark. He kills a child um, pretty early into this movie. It is scary, it is intense. It is everything that I want from a horror movie. A lot of people would say, this is not a horror movie, this is a thriller adventure. Aaron, you might be going down that road as you know letter, but for me, this is the quintessential horror movie because as I said, name a movie that has scared and impacted more people, a horror movie, ever. You can't find one. And for me, it's a classic. It's a great movie. Great performances um, all across the board from uh, Roy Schneider's Brody, who's iconic. Uh, Quint's a great character, played by Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfuss carries the movie as Hopper. They're great characters. Their journey to try to get this terrifying shark that, that terrified so many people in the movie and so many people in real life, psychologically, it is... It is a great movie. It's a great example of suspense and that score. We talk about we talk about Halloween, but the Jaws score, the Jaws theme is iconic. It is a terrifying theme. Um, that's why I think it's a horror movie. That's why I think it's a great movie. Spielberg was only here, but this may be the one of the, if it's not his best, it's one of the best movies that he ever made and ever has made. He's still obviously directing, but yeah, you just don't get more classic, um, better directing and um, more sense of an adventure and a terrifying adventure at that than Jaws. So that's why it's my number one. I mean, it's been a, a while since I've watched Jaws. I think I was still in high school last time I watched it. Um, but I definitely, I do think it's it's a horror. I just um, argue with my family and half the family agreed with me, half didn't. So yeah, yeah see, I'm I mean, like it's in that same, like obviously not same direction style as the birds, but it's the same thing where you they're taking a real life monster and and turned it against people really so um like i i know my mum was the same she was scared of the water after watching this this movie as well uh it's like it's another movie that has really great practical effects yes, as well absolutely didn't um, mention that but yeah like i think it, it definitely deserves to be to be classified as a really great horror all right so unfortunately, this movie is a victim of the argument of is it a horror or is it a action movie? For me, never watched it. Ah, okay. Never, never seen watched Jaws. the film Jaws because in my opinion, until earlier this year when me and Westy had like a proper discussion about it, I was like, ah, it's more of an adventure film. Um, I do agree, actually, to be honest now. After sort of looking through a lot of the movies that have come out in the last 30 years, it is a horror film. It's based on a monster. It's a horrifying event. And again, they're, yeah, they're fighting this, this almost supernatural or, or um, being that is some sort of phenomenon. So yeah, you could argue it's a horror. 
Um, unfortunately, I think I've literally seen the opening scene. Is that when the chick's like skinny dipping yes. in the yeah. water? Yep. I've seen Which just that scene and that's all I've seen in this movie. So It's a, it's a yeah. masterpiece. I, I own it. I've just never watched Probably it. Probably is, yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd argue that it might be your biggest gap in, yeah, yeah. in watching movies. I'd agree. So, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah I'd I definitely... I feel like as well, it's also created a whole bunch of other movies like this like you've got like lake placid yep. and then crawl yep. that are using like recent. the yeah like the um the like the crocodiles or alligators and things like that so and they are considered horror yeah definitely so it's kind of paved its own kind of subgenre absolutely as well it's a bit it's it's a shorter kind of description for me because everybody knows Jaws. It's such yeah. an iconic yeah. movie and you mentioned that it spawned all that stuff it also spawned the blockbuster because yeah. it is the yeah. first blockbuster yeah. Everyone was so hyped to see this movie when it came out and just set the standard for blockbusters in the middle of the year to come. Star Wars wasn't yeah. long after, E.T., going to stuff like, you know, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, The Avengers. Jaws was the predecessor to all of them and really set the bar in terms of what a great blockbuster movie looks like. And as I said, I, I can't think of a movie that's affected more people mentally mm. um, and scared more people than, than Jaws. So. What I find so funny about you saying that, Westy, is that, you know, you're saying it's the first blockbuster Today's blockbusters are, again, the Avengers, Marvel movies that come yep. out in those November, December time periods where there's lots of money. When do most horror movies get dumped? January, February, March. When yep. no one is going to the movies and they just dump yep. the crap in there. So if you're saying it's a horror movie that was the first master, you know, blockbuster, wow, what a change in, you know, what a change in how people really want to go to the movies and D now. So yep. just an interesting thing to think about, really. Absolutely. Well, we know you're number one, but you may as well say it was uh, yeah, on yeah. the list earlier, so. Yeah, so I've made a last minute decision and I've changed my number one. Uh, it's now Mother, Westy's favourite movie of all time we watch the movies together. Uh, no, 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 just kidding. No, it's, it's, not. Not, it's not. It's not, it's not Mother. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You would have been banned uh, on the podcast. I want to be back. Uh, so it's not mother. It's it's the uh, it's the Arias star. Uh, in my opinion, the category I would put it under is a modern masterpiece. In that it is hereditary. So if I want to show Aaron my score before we get into the movie. All right. So a message to show me your score for the movie and. Um, I mean, oh, I'm to say what do you want to say anyway, about it, mate? Anyway, um, right, so. Hereditary follows a family, um, and that's the main real idea. It's a family. Um, though strange things start happening to this family, um, a tragedy sort of befells, befells them. Um, and from that tragedy, obscure and strange things start happening outside of it. It is a movie I think is actually influenced by another movie in my list that is Rosemary's Baby, um, and that a lot of elements sort of feed into it. Um, but it's a movie that made me really change my ideas about how modern horror can be done. It hides things from you, but shows you them at the same time. Um, it's a movie that once you've watched it, Google some of the hidden elements to it. Um, there is hidden sounds in this movie, hidden symbolism, um, you know, hidden ideas. It's just a movie that has a lot of meat to it that once you finish watching it in my opinion you can just keep sort of thinking about it keep researching it and on a second viewing once you've got those other ideas outside of it get even more out of it so um and as someone who really is never like again i don't know why i didn't really like tony collette changed my opinion about it completely her performance in this is fantastic i think um and i genuinely just am enthralled by this film every time I watch it. It is, in my opinion, a modern masterpiece and 
the best movie I have watched in my life as a horror film. Um, so obviously this was on my list as well at number six. Um, I never wanted to watch this movie before in my life, but then Aaron kind of just said, gave me an ultimatum one night and said, okay, you've got to watch one of these, pick, pick which one between Hereditary and Midsummer." And I'd heard that Midsummer was a bit more gory. So I went with Hereditary and I tell you what, like I'd left watching this film just feeling so dirty I guess is the best way to describe it like I don't know you just it just there's so many things that are messed up in this movie like the the scene where the daughter is suffering from like the peanut allergy and she's in the car and then how far are we going with this spoilers? <laughs> yeah, we're getting right into spoilers. Okay. Um, so I won't go too I mean, we can go to spoilers, it. but I don't know how many people watch this. Yeah. It's been in no, free. No, I won't say it. it. I won't say it. But that's, that scene, it just really leaves you kind of like a bit shaken. And, you, and, it, and it is really like the catalyst for what happens for the rest of the movie as well. Um, Tony Collette is absolutely phenomenal in this. I'm looking at whether she actually was nominated for nope, she an wasn't. award. Oh, she was really oh, some awards, but not an Oscar. No, yeah, like, but um, I feel like she was snubbed for this because she deserves she deserved a nomin like a nomination, maybe even under who won in this year. But um, like, and it's just I don't know. Like, I thought I would have because I ended up watching Midsummer for for this podcast as well, like to try and see whether I would have liked that more than um, Hereditary. But I think that Hereditary just leaves more of a lasting impression compared to Midsummer. Sorry, just before we go to Westy. So people have compared this movie, saying that it's actually this generation's The Exorcist, saying that it is the masterpiece of a new age, and it's one of those movies that when you watch it, you have an horrific experience. Yeah. You feel horrified by the end of it. Yeah. It's... Unless you get bored before the end, because the burn is slow as slow can get. Westy. I felt nothing from watching this movie. I, to, for something to be compared to The Exorcist, I went in and I've seen these comparisons and what you said, Aaron, and whatnot, what I kind of touched on as well, but obviously you more to the fact that you're number one, is what I was hearing before I was watching this movie. Maybe it was over-expectation mm. that I went into this with, but I think it's an insult that it's compared to The Exorcist because in my opinion, I think it's a fine movie. I think it's a competent movie. It's a well-made movie. I, I think it's... Terribly mediocre uh, in 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 a lot of ways because for me it does nothing to change the genre. I've I've seen it all. I've seen a lot of it before. Um, how many times have we seen uh, satanic cults? How many times? There's good things in this movie, right? Uh, Tony Collette. You guys mentioned the performance. I wasn't a big fan of her performance. I think that I, I'm not. I, I, what? <laughs> you want my truth? I I think she plays Tony Collette. That's what I'll say about Tony Collette. I no. think she's very one-dimensional as an actress. I, I think watched... she's good in it, but I think for a lot of the movies, she's just screaming. Have you seen her I just watched her in The Sixth Sense. Yep. That's not the same Tony Collette. Uh, well, have you seen yeah. her in About a Boy? Have I you haven't. seen her in Muriel's but Wedding? Just, like, that is completely opposite to what she's doing I'm in her just, I just think it's one note, her performance. And uh, personally, as I said, I think there's some good things in this movie. I'm not going to shit on this movie. I think it's, an, it's a competent-made movie. It just did not... Everybody was saying, oh, this is a masterpiece, you have to see it. I just did not see that at all. I think the twist is a good twist. 
Um, I think that the hints and the clues, as Aaron said, when you go back and analyse this movie after you watch it, are good. But I just think that the movie goes nowhere. I, I, it go, it, Aaron has been critical of the past of movies like The Conjuring for having this big third act. I think this movie has the same third act problem as a lot of other horror movies, that it just everything goes crazy and it kind of gets generic for me. One thing I will say, and I will say is the performances are pretty good. I might not, maybe it's a personal bias against Tony Collette. I just don't think she's that great in the movie, but I think the performances are pretty good overall in the movie. I think that there's one fantastic scene in the movie when after the event happens that changes the whole movie, the big twist, which I think actually works pretty well, the twist. Mm-hmm. When uh, the son, played by... Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf, who plays Peter, is uh, lying on his bed and he has the helplessness feeling. I think that's a fantastic um, scene that really gets into his head. But I maybe the connection wasn't there for me because I think that the... Especially in the first 20 to 30 minutes that I think the script's so poorly done because... We see a fractured family, um, and and they're kind of fractured from the get-go, but in my opinion, these actors, and I think it's more because, because I, I think they're good performances, but I think the characters, it, they don't feel like a family to me. They have no connection to each other. That's I've, the point. That's the point. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> listen, that's the point, but that should be more... We don't see any kind of bond with them, even before anything happens. And again, the ending of the movie changes your opinion on the movie as a whole, because we find out the big thing that happens right at the end of the movie and, and what has been happening. But if you're going to build up this big family drama, I want to see some sort of connection between the characters and I just did not see that. In terms of the satanic cult stuff and the imagery seen in this movie, I my personal thing is I just don't think it leads very far. And again, obviously this movie, you go online, the critics love it, the audience reaction is very split. A lot of people think it's fantastic. A lot of people think it's kind of like me, that it's, yeah, it's fine. So I think that you should watch this movie, get your own opinion of it. Mm. But, you know, I'm not going to... You guys can criticise me for my opinion all, all you want, but I am I have my opinion of this movie. I've watched it. I'm just angry at I, your opinion just, on Tony Collette, to be I honest. Just think it, I just think it's generic. I don't think there's anything that moves the needle and changes the horror genre for me. There has been other stuff, even like Hill House, for example, that has all the clues hidden in it of what's going to happen. We've seen that before. We've seen the satanic cult stuff before. I just, there's nothing, I'm never going to watch this movie again. But that's right. just my opinion. So here's my opinion then. So, All right. I'm right. going to counter that argument with, what if that movie came out the same year as, and the movie came out the same year as Hereditary and had a number one, right? And the movie's about a big shark that wants to attack people. Now you're going to say the same thing to me. Oh, it's not original. Ah, oh, there's been other movies like this. There's not, it's not, you know, it's not its own idea. So that's the issue with this movie is that, yes, it's drawing in ideas from other horror films, but... What else can we really do at this point? You can do something about some cyber security and cyber horror where like someone's trying to, I don't know, search through them through the, the dark web or whatever. But let's be honest, those movies suck. Have you watched any of those kinds of ones? They're awful. That's the only new idea you can really go with now. And it's not great. I, I just I, think that it does the best of all elements that it needs to do to perfection. How much... Okay, we might if we're talking about modern horror... Yeah. How many times have you seen Get Out before? How many times have you seen something like that before? That completely changed the genre. When we go back to Hereditary, I think it's more of what we've seen. I just And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but maybe it was my over-expectations when I go into this movie and everybody's saying how amazing it is. Look at the audience reaction. As I said, some people think it's a masterpiece. A lot of people think like me. So I like that we have different opinions on yeah, some of these movies. No. It's actually a good thing. But 
I stand by my opinion that I just don't think it moves the needle and maybe it would have been better if I heard nothing about this movie going in because I watched this movie specifically because I thought it was going to be in one or both of your lists. I knew it was going to be on Nolita's list. So that's the whole reason I watched the movie. And to be blunt, I thought that a lot of the other movies I watched were superior films to me to study for this list. So that's just what I think of the movie. But again, that's not going to negatively impact anyone else's experience. You guys seem to love it. So... I just, I, I'm not with you on this one, but, you know, hey, we're not going to agree about every movie. No, so. <laughs> you can have a wrong opinion every now and then. It's all, it's all good. Man, you have wrong opinions all the time, so hey, listen. Ah. <laughs> all right, on that note, that is... <laughs> all right, let's recap out because it's been a long show. Thank you guys for staying with us. Um, Noletta, we're going to go through your list first. That number 10. All right, number 10 was The Birds. And number 9. The Cabin in the Woods. Your number eight. Ready or not. Your number seven. Insidious. In the sixth spot. Hereditary. And your top five at number five. A quiet place. Your number four. The thing. Number three. Get out. Your runner-up for best horror movie of all time. Halloween. And your greatest horror movie of all time is. Ten Cloverfield Lane. All right, let's. Someone's gonna count me down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my list now. Aaron, give it to it. Oh, all it right. Me. So, Westy, your number ten is. Halloween from 2018. Number nine. Friday the 13th, part two. Number eight. Ready or not. Number seven. A quiet place. In number 666. The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> number five. The Thing. Number four. The best horror movie of this generation, Get Out. Number three. The Shining. Number two. One of the best movies of all time, Psycho. And number one. The movie that changed everything, Jules. <laughs> And Aaron, no letter, you may as well count down his. Uh, Aaron, number 10. American Psycho. Number 9. Rosemary's Baby. Number 8. Alien in Space, No One Can Hear You Scream. <laughs> number 7. The Evil Dead. Number 6. Get Out. On my house, Westy. <laughs> <laughs> number 5. The Witch. Number 4. Under the Skin. Number 3. What We Do in the Shadows. Number two. The Thing. And number one. Not Mother, Hereditary. <laughs> I like this Hereditary a lot more than I like Mother. I'll say that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks everybody that's tuned in to the show this week. This is only the first of a huge stack year that we've got for the rest of 2021. It's been a fun list, guys. I've enjoyed it. Do you guys have any honorable mentions you want to mention before we wrap up the show? I've got plenty. Personally, I've got uh, The Purge and The Purge Anarchy. I thought, think are both really solid movies that are pretty underrated. Both of them I think Anarchy might be a little bit stronger. We already mentioned The Birds. Ten Globe Field Lane was on my honorable mention. So was Halloween. The original Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's a very good movie. And because it takes it seriously, unlike the sequels. And The Conjuring, which I think that is... I know you're not a huge, huge fan, but... I love that first movie. So, what about you guys? You go. Oh, okay. Um, so, I've already said that I think Psycho, for me, was not honorable mention, as well as A Quiet Place. Um, but another one I really enjoy that's another John Carpenter film is They Live. Um, it's, Piper. It, yeah, Rady, 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 Rady Piper. Piper. Um, I'm here to chew, chew bubblegum and kick, kick ass, ass and, and all that bubblegum. Bubble yeah, yeah, it's classic. um, it's a great film. It's really fun. Um, so, yeah, it's just one to watch. I think it's good. Um, and yeah, that's probably my three honorable mentions. I mean, I don't really have a lot of honourable mentions. I just have a lot of movies that I still kind of want to watch, like The the Exorcist I might eventually get to one day and Rosemary's Baby. And You can see how much better it is than Hereditary. Things like that. It sounds like it's almost just as messed up. 
more messed up. <laughs> All right, geez, anyway. But <laughs> yeah, and then like there's things like Psycho and The Shining and stuff that I feel like are definitely worth watching and worth putting on horror lists as well. I think that everyone's top five has been almost like mm-hmm. iconic and that there's not really any bad problems with it. They're all they're all really solid and awesome yeah. movies. I feel like my list out of all of our lists, just to go back and look at the list, I think mine really shoots on classics a lot more than yours. Like yeah, my top okay. six, other than Get Out, nothing's from 2000 novels. Everything's 80s or 70s. Mine's so a lot more 60s. modern as well. So, yeah. But man, Aletta, we had a pretty similar list this I time. Know, we did. And a lot of, on a lot of sections. Through. It was pretty good. Aaron, we had two in common. I don't know how many had in common with Nolsey. I think it was three, but yeah. you know, that's why you're on the movie. That's why you're on the show today, because you're a big horror fan and we thank you. Um, as I said, we've got plenty of big shows coming up for the rest of the year. Next time we'll announce it next week, we're gonna be doing um, the next two weeks we're gonna be really delving into some movie reviews and reviewing stuff that we've missed. Um, before we get into a bunch of lists before the end of the year, which we won't announce for now. But next week, we're going to be doing a Marvel catch-up show where me and Noletta will be reviewing Marvel's What If, the Loki TV show, which we missed, uh, and Shang-Chi before the Eternals comes out. So that is next week, and then the week after that, we'll have an Eternals and a Halloween Kills review for you. So that's coming up on what have we been watching. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Aaron, for being a guest. Thanks for having me, um, and uh, I'm happy that we got to get in a little bit of a heated discussion about our top one. But that's, <laughs> what, I'm pretty good. that's what I'm here for. It was a, I enjoyed the show. It was, it was good. really good. Really a, lot of, a lot of variety yeah. in I love the horror. horror. So, yeah, absolutely. Nolsey, any comments before we leave? No. Anything you want I'm, to talk about? I'm just. I'm glad that we've gotten horror. <laughs> It has been an exhausting night. You can go back to our reality TV shows now for the next three and a half months. I can go and watch more genres that I really enjoy. All good. We've got some coming up that you're going to, that's for sure. Um, All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to What Have We Been Watching. Season 2 is kicked off. Join us next time on the show uh, as we get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We'll see you next time. Peace out.